Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Good morning, everybody. Wow. Happy, 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 happy Super Wild Card Weekend. This is it, man. It's a Fox Football Saturday. It begins right now. I'm Anthony Gargano, and we're the fellas, and we're going to be loving today, man, as uh, it all kicks off. What a great weekend. Super wild card weekend, NFL playoffs, so many subplots, so many storylines, and uh, we got to cover them all. Begins in Cincinnati. Upstart Bengals, the team that you know the history, right? I mean, not since you got to go back to Aki Woods when they were that kind of relevant, Super Bowl relevant. And now Joe Burrow, who has had a an amazing year. Jamar Chase. Everybody thought they were going to go offensive line in the draft. They take Jamar Chase. And he has been just incredible. Big play after big play. But it's not just him, right? It's Boyd. It's Higgins. It's... You know, a, a Bengals offense with Joe Mixon running the ball that has got great balance, that can really put up points, that's going to give you a lot of pressure. Raiders coming off that epic, epic Sunday night game against the Chargers. That was one of the great games of the season, great games of the probably of the decade so far, man. It was uh, what, a, what an amazing Amazing game Sunday night. Raiders are able to get there. After all that the Raiders have been, all they've been through, to, oh, man. 
beginning with Gruden and, of course, the rug situation. It's just been a difficult year, and the Raiders, to their credit, have uh, have overcome it, and uh, they're in the playoffs. And they're gonna. It's gonna be a lot of fun, man. It's, it's a great game. It's gonna be to me. It's funny. It's going to be cold, obviously, in Cincinnati. No uh, precipitation, and the wind should not be a factor. But look, Cincinnati's offense is potent. The Raiders are going to have to lock. You got to get pressure on Barrow. The whole game will get. I think will get decided up front. Because the Raiders' front can get pressure, and they're going to have to bother. They're going to have to bother Joe Barrow. They're going to have to force him some turnovers. You're going to have to get some sacks. And to me, if the Raiders want any chance in this game, it's going to have to be done up front. And look, you know, the Bengals' defense has been uh, decent. It's been you had some good moments and some some spotty moments too. So you know, it's going to be interesting. I think. The deep ball should be there. Of all things, I think Derek Carr, for the Raiders' standpoint, has to be able to take some shots. Zay Jones, you know, I I would get Deshaun Jackson. I would. I, I think Deshaun Jackson is still a weapon, and I would if I if I'm the Raiders because Deshaun Jackson didn't even get a target last week. I I think he played eight plays. He was on the field for. I, I would you. I would. I would actually unleash him. And I would take shots to him all day long because I think that'll really loosen up the Bengals' defense. But, you know, again, it's going to come down to can can they stop mixing? Can they stop that offense? That offense is great. And it's great to have the Bengals back. It's great to have these teams that come in. And, and Bengals-Raiders is a fun, fun matchup. And that's the appetizer. Uh, then tonight... In Buffalo, where it will be in single digits, four degrees tonight, Orchard Park. Again, a little wind, so it's not going to be a repeat of what we saw the first time in Buffalo, where Belichick ran the ball all night long, and the wind was so wicked that you remember Josh Allen got him you know, up and down the field, but just could not get into the end zone. Patriots win, Bills win the rematch, and now we got the rubber match. And uh, I, I, I love. Uh, I think the Bills are poised for a uh, for a, a good one, a good run. Sean McDermott has done a great job. He's in the playoffs four of his first five years. He's terrific. He's a great coach, and he doesn't get a lot of props. And uh, I've known Sean for twenty years, and he's a uh, great football man. Comes from a great football family. His dad, Rich McDermott, was a uh, legendary uh, high school coach in Pennsylvania. And so really good family. In fact, his brother Tim used to work for the Eagles, and he runs the Philadelphia Union, the the soccer team. So it, it's uh, they're a good sports family. And, uh, of course, Josh Allen will be center stage. Look, it's going to be this game's in his hands again. You know, we always talk about the Bills running game and can they get unleashed running the football. Singletary looked a little bit better uh, the last couple of weeks. But again, it's going to be Josh Allen who's going to drive the Bills. We know that. He's going to have to make plays with his feet. You know, Belichick knows him. It, these teams know each other inside and out. Now, interestingly for Mac Jones, his blind side tackle will not play injured. So there is some uh, issues 
along the Patriots' front. And I don't know how the rookie, who has been a really good game manager, how he's going to step up tonight. But we'll see. It's going to be a fun, fun Saturday. And then, of course, you know, that's just the beginning, right? Tomorrow, early, Eagles and Buccaneers. I got plenty of thoughts on that. Dallas Niners, that could be the jewel of the whole weekend. What a great matchup. And that should be a lot of fun. A lot of points. A lot of good subplots there involving the Cowboys and the Niners, who have just been, you know, Jimmy G. Uh, you know, we all want him replaced, right? But yet he came up big and got him in the playoffs, and uh, it will be interesting. Now, Sunday night, Chiefs, Steelers, Big Ben gets one last shot. We'll see about the Chiefs' offense and Patrick Mahomes' Watt has had, T.J. Watt's just had an amazing year. What an amazing season for T.J. Watt. You know, he's going to have to somehow push Mahomes off his spot, and you're going to try to disrupt that offense, make a Fitzpatrick's going to be big in the back end if they want any kind of chance of an upset. But we'll talk about that. I don't say it. And then Monday night, it'll be uh, two teams that know each other well again. Rams, Cardinals, Stafford. Gets another shot, 0-3 in the playoffs, the most passing yards for any quarterback who has not won a playoff game. So, you know, he's back on stage. He has his chance. The Rams, can the Rams get have a long run? So that's your weekend, and it's going to be great. And we're going to, we're going to go through every game, every subplot. It's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. Figgy, good morning. Good morning, Ant. What's going on, brother? Oh, man, you know I'm geeked up, man. You know it is. I can smell it. Playoffs <laughs> are in the air, brother. I know you are too, man. Raiders! Your boys! That's right. So Figgy is a lifelong Raiders fan. First of all, Fig, take me back Sunday night. Kind of, You got to win. You got to get in. Win or tie, which became a story. Yeah. And get in. And it was an amazing football game. I was thinking of you all night. Yeah, quite honestly, as I was watching it, and maybe I'm just, this is being part of a fan base that's used to being disappointed more often than not. The entire time, even when they were up by 15 points, I kept telling myself, yeah, they'll find a way to screw it up. They'll find a way to screw it up. And Justin Herbert's driving them down the field. But four, five, fourth downs they oh. had to convert on that last drive oh before God. he throws the touchdown pass with zeros on the clock. How about the first like, drive? To, just to get him to within seven, right? They had to, yeah. He had to convert the touchdown for on two. fourth down. Yeah. Go for two. Oh. Yeah, a lot of drama. I, if I was an objective football fan and not, you know, my my heart jumping, you know, in and out of my, you know, chest the entire night, it would be phenomenal. Just from one of the better just football games as yeah, far as the yeah, drama yeah, involved yeah. and all of that yeah, yeah, that I've yeah. seen in a while. Yeah, that was easy for me because you know I, I'm watching and just I'm rooting Raiders. You know, I got you Lincoln. Right. You know, and I always have a little affinity toward the the silver and the black, so I'm yeah. rooting Raiders. Uh, but, you know, you got to – this is your squad, man. It's on the line. I can only imagine. Yeah, and showing some unbelievable fight like they have the entire last month, month and a half of the season with all the stuff they've been through. So, uh, super stoked. I don't know if I'm – I'll be honest with you, I don't expect them to necessarily win against Cincinnati. Yeah. But glad they were able to show some grit, so, uh, show some fight. Derek Carr actually able to play 
in a playoff game. He got injured in 2016 before they made it the last time. And so I'm glad they, they, they found a way to keep their season alive and go ahead uh, to Cincinnati when somebody on this show, and I won't name names, two weeks ago said that the Raiders are guaranteed not making the playoffs. Why are we even talking about this? So they were able to find a way to sneak in, and uh, we'll see what happens later this afternoon. Wow, 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 wow. What are, you, are you doing anything special for the game? No. <laughs> just just, just kicking back and watching the game. Nothing crazy. Nothing crazy yeah. at all. But it's that, you know, to me, I, I, I think you're the same way. It's, it's such a, you know, we, we look forward to this stuff all year, right? Mm-hmm. So you get the big game and you got the butterflies going and you can't wait until kickoff. Yeah, and I don't know. And maybe it's one of those, again, I don't necessarily expect them to win so it's kind of like I feel like they're playing with house money to a certain degree. So if they win, it's phenomenal. If they lose, they probably weren't supposed to, you know, win the game anyway. So there, it takes a little bit of the edge from that standpoint off of it a little bit, if that makes any sense. You know, yeah, you, I, listen, I can totally relate because my squad's in the same ah, in the same situation. I was going to bring that up. I felt like you you probably feel the same way about Philadelphia. The only thing that kind of works in their favor in their particular game with Tampa Bay is Tampa has so many question marks because of all the injuries they've had. And that could possibly give Philadelphia a bit of a leg up, predictable as they might be. If they're banged up on the defensive front, they being Tampa Bay, then the Philadelphia might be able to do something. Uh, but one thing that got me, you brought up the Steelers and the Chiefs. And maybe it's just me, I don't know. But, you know, Sunday night, the marquee night, I know there's a Monday night game this uh, this weekend too as well. The Rams and the, the Cardinals is big. But could they have picked a worse game on the playoff slate this weekend to put on Sunday night? than Steelers yeah, Chiefs. We yeah, just I, saw this two, yeah. three weeks ago, and the Steelers yeah. got run off the field. I know their star power. We love Pat Mahomes. It could be the drama with ben, Big Ben's final game, most likely. T.J. Watt, likely Defensive Player of the Year. It has all those storylines. The Steelers always get a good rating. Mahomes is always going to get a good rating. But this game is going to be over early in the second quarter. I, I, I agree with you. I don't um, get it. There's a lottery. Uh, you know, the, the network's – right draft the game and I, yeah I, I feel and you man. I wonder I, I, where NBC is on the pecking order we know they're at, they're at the top of the list for Sunday night when it comes to flexing but when it comes to picking their playoff scheduling that's the one that kind of makes me believe based on this selection they probably got final dibs well CBS had first I do know this that CBS had first choice okay and they took Niners Cowboys right which I thought was interesting because they had always been the AFC package, and so they took an NFC game, which I didn't know they had the option of doing. Yeah, yeah, I think with uh, and those, you know, you know the, the, those that that marquee matchup, man. Oh that's yeah, great. you have a that's chance great. to get that. You, the, right. You're all over it. Now I I don't know I I don't know I the second pick I would think maybe Fox I don't know I mean Fox goes Brady but I I thought actually. That NBC, I think they they wanted Pittsburgh and Kansas City. I think they look at Pittsburgh as a kind of a you know, nation, national type team. Oh yeah, though Joe Draw you know, for sure. Other than Dallas, you know mm-hmm. the Steelers are probably two, probably uh, along with the Raiders. You know, a couple teams like that, Packers. But yeah. you know, I think maybe because of that Mahomes, they took uh, they took that game. But we'll get into all of it. All right, everything. Chris, good morning, man. Good morning, and. Football. You're pumped up or what? Football. Football. I like I like that we're getting three days here. I don't I don't know about the name for it, that it's a super wild card weekend or whatever, but three days I, I under I, I wasn't I wasn't quite sure about the Monday game, but the more I thought about it, but like, you know what? We have the extra wild card, you might as well spread it out. 
a little bit more. Get a chance to just feel it out. You don't want to load up one of these nights with too much stuff, you know. Get get a max of two two a night. I love it. I love and the Monday yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have the Monday night one. It's gonna be great. In a part yeah. of you, a little part of you, surprised that we haven't had a Monday night one before this year. Yes, for as a long as Monday night football has been around. Yeah, I feel like yep. they've just been we, every year. It's been more and more expansion. Right, and I think uh, yeah, it's at some point they were going to get that big ESPN brand involved. I know ESPN's had some some playoff games before, but you know to have the Monday night brand attached to it, it definitely feels like that. Yeah, that feels it. like part of the design. Yeah, yeah, I I, I love it. I do. I, I think, and I'm shocked that there hasn't been before. So it's over, long overdue. We'll dive into all the games, Ricky. Good morning, Ricky. Good morning. Let's go, Cowboys. I know. You're your squad. Dakota gets another shot. They're going to be dangerous because they got one of the great players. My, my new man crush. And oh. I can't believe he's a Cowboy figgy. Who's that? I You know how much I loathe the Cowboys, Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. I hate them. It's but natural. Yet, yeah, yes, it's, yes. And, and it's. In, in Philadelphia, where I grew up, is uh, generational. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Michael Parsons. The Lion, Michael uh, Parsons. Oh my God, I love he's him. a beast. I love that kid. Oh Easily, de- he's going to be the defensive rookie of the year, and <laughs> got off to an early tear. Was it likely, if if not for T.J. Watt flirting with the sack record, yes. which he probably yes. should have had based on that replay yeah. from last week? But that's yep. neither here nor there. Uh, Michael Parsons would be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. He's had that good of a season for them. And he's only You're a right on, man. He's a. I love him, and it, it's funny. I wanted the Eagles to draft him. I listen. I like Devontae. So Devontae Smith is a hell of a player, and he's a good star type. Yeah, of player, you, got, you have a receiver who can play. That's exactly. It's a revelation. But but I was a Micah man. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm a defensive guy. I love. I wanted Micah all day long. Oh man, what a player! Yeah, it's going to be a great game, man. I, I'll tell you, Dallas and San Fran is a jewel. All right, let's do this. We got to take a timeout. We'll come back and uh, we'll start each game. We're going to be just kind of going back and forth with all the storylines, all the plot lines, all morning long, getting you set for them. It is the Super Wild Card Weekend, a Fox Football Saturday, and we're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, welcome back. Fellas, Super Wild Card Weekend, 
Fun theater, right? Like we have uh when you look at all of the uh all the places, the the sites. You got Cincinnati first time, you're a Bengals per you know, that's that's a great story with Cincinnati coming back. So that's a great setting. And of course, tonight in Orchard Park with single digits. Another great setting. Tomorrow, Tampa. Eh. So then you got Dallas in that stadium. Niners, Cowboys. Great setting. Sunday night, Kansas City. Pittsburgh. Great setting. Great, like, kind of theater right there. You know, the, the, it, it's pretty cool, Fig. Plus, you got a couple cold, cold weather games going on today. Always fun, especially when you don't have to be there and you can watch on TV. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. Dude, let me tell you something. You don't want to be where I'm at. Right now, it is, I'll give you exactly what it is, 18 degrees, uh, 14 degrees, excuse me. 14 degrees. 14 degrees. A wise man once said, hell no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. No, thank you. That's like I'm not even going outside this entire weekend type weather where I'm where I'm from, you know. Bro, listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> wind chill or no wind chill, like, 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 it's something like you never get used to. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's, it sucks. I like, grew I up in that area, and I just still hate it. Yeah, well, it's right because you know you got it worse than I do. Windshield like, snow on months. that Lake Erie, yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it's nasty. Now we're bracing for a storm, a nor'easter that's coming right. in. Right. I've heard about that. Yeah. We're telling people so, to stock up. Yeah, it could be pretty nasty. Now for us, because we're mid Atlantic, it could turn it's supposed to turn to rain at some point. So mm-hmm. we could get spared the, you know, the dumping. We snowed about uh, about six inches last uh, about ten days ago, wow, and okay. it was and it was nasty. And in fact, in Atlantic City, they it dumped it uh, a twelve a foot of snow on, on the beach. It was pretty wild. Wow, yeah, it was crazy. A hell of a visual. Yeah, it was cool. In fact, I had to go down there for a meeting, and uh, it was it was cool because you could just see the the ocean, and then the beach is covered with snow. <laughs> it's unreal. I know it's crazy. Speaking so, of speaking of rain, there's I believe there's supposed to be a little bit of rain in the forecast in Tampa. Now, granted, the yeah. weather's a little bit just a smidge warmer. I think it's going to be like in the 60s or 70, maybe even yeah. high 70s. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, for a team like Philadelphia that runs the ball and pretty much doesn't do anything else, could work in their favor. You know. Well, it's funny because that's been one of my narratives all week. Because not just the storm is not just going to dump some rain and. It's going to be downpours in the morning. It, there still should be some remnants uh, by kick at kickoff. But here's the thing that I think could affect the game: the winds are going to be howling in Southern Florida. Mm. You, you're going to have winds 20, uh, 25 mile an hour, up to gusts up to 38, 40 miles an hour. Oh wow! So you know, listen, you know, listen. They can deal with rain, right? But the wind, you, you, yeah. The wind is nasty, even for a forty-four-year-old. Yeah, for for old Brady, you know, right? You know that, that that's yeah, that could definitely work in uh, in Philadelphia's favor, you know. 
They're a running team. They're ground and pound. I mean, you, you yeah. thought New England versus Buffalo was something about a, about a month ago when New England passed three times. Maybe Philadelphia would just won't pass at all. Yeah, will just run the single yeah. wing the entire game. Yeah, yeah. And look, I mean, one thing about uh, Jalen Hurts is you always got shimmy. Oh yeah, and you know he can like he's going to help their run game. Absolutely. I think the Eagles are live. We'll get into it a little bit, but I think the Eagles are live on the dog, and they have a chance to to actually knock out the champs. Ooh. But, Knock yeah. out. Okay. I think they can cover the spread, which I think at last yeah. check was eight, eight and a half. Yep. I think they can yep. make get within a touchdown, but actually win on the road in Tampa, that'd be huge. I yeah. think I could see it. Yeah. It just yeah. At, at this point, that offense for Tampa is so banged up, it's well, they've that's lost it. a, good a point. lot of weapons. Good point, Chris. Even with the running game with them, Leonard Fournette is just coming back. And how is he gonna well, perform? And a hamstring too. Right. And, you know, wet footing, mm-hmm. hamstring, and they got no Ron Jones. Right. You know they're they're I thin mean, at receiver. Yeah, nope. they've got to almost hope that Gronkowski doesn't. I mean, it's one game to start the playoff that you just need to get through. But Gronkowski has to like, you, you don't need him pulling anything in the middle of this game because if you're down Gronk, you're just to Mike Evans, and that's it. And there's been a lot of games I've seen, especially even in the playoffs. I think last year there were multiple games, even for Tampa being the Super Bowl champion, where Mike Evans just got taken out of the equation altogether. Well, and now Eagles, you can't really hide Eagles behind Godwin. They have one player on defense, at least in their back seven, who's really any good. Yeah. And that's big play slay. So you could go Darius on Evans, and that'll help neutralize Evans. You can neutralize Evans with yeah. Darius Slay. Slay, I've seen I've seen him in Detroit, play in Detroit. When he can shadow someone, he can shadow them. He's he's not no big play slay for a reason. That's right. He likes yeah. to he likes to Take one away. And look, if Brady has a dearth of weapons out there, the Eagles can get after you a little bit. Now, I know Josh Sweat had it's conflicting reports. It said abdominal issue, illness, uh-huh. whatever it is. Yeah. One of their better pass rushers, if he happens to find a way to play, and 44-year-old Brady has to stand back there and nobody's open, yep. you know, that could work in the Eagles' favor too. Yep. Now, I think he's going to give it a go from what I hear. Okay. And uh, the one guy I'm circling, because I know people talk about Fletcher Cox, who's had, had such a great career, but I think this is a Hargrave game. Mm. This is a Javon Hargrave. I think he is uh, – he's a he, he's quietly had a really good season, and he could be a handful of block. And now Tampa's got a great offensive line, but he can be a handful of block. I think Hargrave – and we know this, that what bothers Brady – is a gap pressure anything up the middle that he sees? Because look, you you know that when it, when it comes from the sides, he's brilliant at stepping up, at sliding within the pocket. But when it's in front of you, it's harder to go lateral. Yep, and you know he can't move. He's a statue back there. He always right. has been, and he's even more so now at forty four. Yep. So yep. I I can see a path where Philadelphia can win. Absolutely, I'm not saying that they can't win the game. Yeah, but if I, if you were asking me for an official prediction, I would still say Tampa. Yeah, no, I I, I get that. I, I I completely get it. But we'll uh, we'll dive into we'll do we'll do let's uh, let's do this. Why don't you hit with some trending, and we'll start. I want to dive into in order. We'll go to Cincinnati and take a look at both those teams this year. All right. Well, we'll start in the NBA from Friday night. Luka Doncic, twenty seven points as part of a triple double, leading Dallas to a one twelve to eighty five win over Memphis. That snaps the Grizzlies' eleven game win streak. The Warriors mollywop Chicago one thirty eight to ninety six. Rookie Jonathan Kaminga, twenty five points there. Zach Levine for the Bulls will have an MRI later today on his left knee. He was injured in the first quarter. Jimmy Butler, 23 for Miami as they defeated Atlanta. 25 points for Joel B 
Embiid as the Sixers defeated the Celtics. 35 points for Devin Booker as the Suns defeated Indiana. College Hoops, Zach Eady scored 22 points to lead Purdue over Nebraska. Number 25, Illinois held off Michigan 68-53. In the NFL, the Patriots will be without offensive tackle Isaiah Wynn against the Bills as he deals with hip and ankle injuries. Eagles running back Miles Sanders will play against the Bucks just a couple weeks after hand surgery. Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out for Sunday's game against the Steelers with a shoulder injury. In college football news, Iowa signed Kirk Ferentz to a contract extension through the year 2029, while Chip Kelly agreed to a four-year contract extension with UCLA and Todd Graham. Todd Graham no longer the head coach at uh, the University of Hawaii. He resigned after two seasons. And uh, back to Chip Kelly's biggest fan, Anthony Gargano. <laughs> he did do a good job. He did. <laughs> he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but he, he, he did win. He did produce. Oh, we're the fellas. That's right. That's Figgy, Kevin Figures. We got Psycho Chris. We got Ricky, the Cowboy fan. As uh, we convene on a Saturday morning, the morning of the playoffs, where we're all the whole country's excited. It's so much fun as we do this. Let's dive into first, let's look at Cincinnati and the story, fellas, of the Bengals. And it's great to have the Bengals kind of back, man. I, I, I think there were, you always looked at that franchise. Marvin Lewis was there for so long, right? And they had a couple moments where you thought, you know, well, maybe they can give you a run. They made the playoffs. You had Andy Dalton, and they had the, the Vontaze Perfect made that play. Yeah, Antonio Remember Brown that? play. That, yes. was, that was probably their best chance, their best team yeah. to make a legit run. And they had that game won, and Vontaze Perfect because he couldn't control himself. Yeah. I used to love Vontaze Perfect. God, he but was he was a, just insane. He was insane. And always had been. He was a, a local kid uh, from Southern California, and had always been a bit of a loose cannon. So you follow him from Compton Centennial High School uh, down here, goes to Arizona State, stays in the Pac-12. I mean, he would play for those Arizona State teams. I think Todd Graham was the head coach for those teams at the time. They would have like 15, 17, 20 penalties in games, and Vontez would have like six of them by himself. It was unbelievable. And they'd still find ways to win games. He was a talented, great player, but – Sometimes couldn't help himself. And I felt for Marvin Lewis because he was there for so long and had some really, really good teams, especially defensively, just could not win a playoff game. 1990, last time they won a playoff game. 1990. Wow. 1990. Was it it Boomer was the quarterback? I don't remember the quarterback. And maybe it was Boomer. And I believe, if I have my timeline correct, I was really young at the time, that may have been the same postseason when, unfortunately, Bo Jackson's football career ended uh, against the Bengals. I think the Bengals won in wildcard weekend, and then they they came to the Coliseum the next week, and that's when Bo Jackson went down on that innocuous tackle on the left sideline and never played football again after that. Sam White was Mm -hmm. the coach. That's, wow, look at this team. I'm just looking it up now. Wow, the 1990 Bengals. Quarterback, let me get these stats because this is this is fun. I like I always like doing this stuff. Geek out a little bit, but right. they uh, they beat who they beat in the pause. They beat the uh, they beat Houston Houston Oilers. Yeah, and look at that. Destroyed them forty one to fourteen. Look at that, and then the Raiders. Wow, look at this. That was the last time that was nineteen ninety. That's incredible. Isn't that amazing? How old were you? <sighs> I mean, I, I was young. Five Reborn, or six, right. maybe? 
I don't think Ricky was even born yet. So no, Ricky definitely. Yeah, Ricky was. was really. Ricky wasn't even a thought. Oh, Eighty-nine, baby. There you go. Yeah, Boomer. Yeah. Boomer Sice in the quarterback. Twenty-four touchdowns that year. His uh, well, twenty-four touchdowns in nineteen ninety lighting up the scoreboard. That's that's big. Right? Isn't that <laughs> amazing? <laughs> Isn't that nonsense? Guys have that through seven games these days. Wow, James Brooks hmm. was the tailback. Dickie wow. was there. Ah, uh, look at that. James Brooks. And then receiving, who was the receivers? The big receiver that year was Eddie Brown. Hmm. Eddie Brown, Tim McGee. You remember Tim McGee? Not really, to be honest. Yeah. No. Look at that. The Bengals. So let's uh, bring it to current. Bengals season, and uh, let's kind of go over a little bit. Remember, last year, Burrow gets hurt. Right. There is, you know, everybody's talking about you got to fortify that line, fortify the line. And I thought the same thing. I think you and I talked about it, Fig. Oh, yeah. You had to to draft offensive line, and they go with Jamar Chase. Mm -hmm. And people pit, you know, deadpan. They said Jamar Chase is talented. He's a good player. His LSU teammate. But what does it matter if he's on his back the entire season? And you're probably they were probably both right. Jamar Chase was amazing this year. Their offense was amazing this year. But Joe Burrow got sacked, I think, 54 times this season, too. Yep. So even just on QB pressures, they're one of the most pressured yeah, yes. you know, mm-hmm. teams out there. Yes. Sure. Just, they they get the Burrow's just lucky when he's not getting sacked. He does get the ball out quite quickly to Chase. And yeah, I don't know. Like they could have gone with Sewell that year, but they made their pick and I that that's that's my big worry for them going into these playoffs though is can you keep Joe Burrow upright? Yeah, well, look in the Raiders when we're since we're on this discussion, the Raiders, you know, Fig, their front can get you pressure, man. Yeah, an odd concept based on you know the Khalil Mack fall, fallout from just a couple of years ago, yeah. but they're yeah. one of the better pass rushes now in the entire league. You're right, and they they pressured them pretty solidly when they played each other earlier this season in Las Vegas. Uh, their defense was set up with a couple of short fields. The offense for the Raiders didn't do a whole lot, and that's pretty much how they lost that game. Uh, and it got away from them in the fourth quarter. But, yeah, that Raider pass rush, as the Chargers saw last week, I mean, Storm Norton was the right tackle for the Chargers, and he got abused by Max Crosby the entire night. Oh, my God, all night long. Yeah, and, and that's where the Raiders, honestly, are going to be able to clean up. This, I don't know if they're going to be able to win a 35-34 to 34 type shootout, you know, I think they're going to have to probably try to you know lean on their defense, run the ball better, which they have been. Josh Jacobs has had a couple of 100-yard rushing games these last few weeks. At least make the Bengals respect the run game. That'll only open things up downfield. You talked about Deshaun Jackson getting more involved. Zay Jones has made some plays. Darren Waller being back is huge for them. Oh, my God. And um, the Bengals will leak yards to the tight end. A lot of tight ends have lit them up, including Darren Waller. In that, uh-huh. in that uh, the, the Raiders uh-huh. lost to the Bengals earlier this season, Darren Waller, Pretty much was the only offensive player that had a good day, so there there are there's some space here for the Raiders to make some hay, but this Bengals offense, especially over the last four or five weeks, has been incredible. And I, I go back to that Kansas City game when Kansas City came in, you know, you know, uh, Anthony, they had been one of the better defenses, if not the best defense in the league for a month leading up to that. Yep. And Joe Burrow just made him look silly. He lit yep. him up. Yeah, from yeah, start to finish in that game, and it really hasn't stopped. You can't take nothing away from last week. None of the starters even played, so that game against the Browns doesn't count for anything. Uh, but every other game leading up to that point, 
This this offense has been the hottest offense in the league, and the Raiders' defense is better than it was last season, but it's not great. Um, and it's going to be hard for, to ask them to to hold down a Bengal offense that has this many weapons that's clicking on all cylinders right now. So if you're Cincinnati, it's interesting because we're talking about it. The the one the other piece because we always talk about you know Burrow and. The, the chase who had just such a ridiculous year, big play after big play, 81 catches, 1,455 yards, 13 touchdowns. I mean, these numbers are ridiculous. So we always talk about them. But if I were Cincinnati, I would I would make this a mixing game because, you know, I, I, I am afraid of the Raiders' pass rush. And I think that will that will help neutralize some of that – some of that pressure by giving you by giving mixing the ball, yeah, them. that will be that will be the smart strategy. The problem is, I guess the Raiders know that too. So, as, as dynamic as the offense has been, they know there's issues on that offensive line, and they they and they did run. Honestly, when Joe Mixon had a big game against the Raiders in Las Vegas, uh, and they ran right at Max Crosby, who they know is hunting to try to sack the quarterback, right. And so it'd be interesting to see what the adjustment is from the Raiders side on that. Because Joe Mixon did have one of his better games just running the ball uh, against them earlier this season, uh, so that's that's the intriguing uh, sort of chess match uh, in this game between the two. What do, you, what do you think about my Deshaun Jackson deploying Deshaun? Because, dude, I still think he's got like f- for a game or two, like you can deploy him and he could kill, like he could change the game with two long touchdowns. Yeah, and my only guess, and they did take a shot to him in the Charger game. As a matter of yeah, fact, I think game. Derek Carr yeah. got got intercepted because he underthrew him, I believe. Um, I, the problem is he's a he's a bit player at this point. So I mean, outside of eight, twelve, thirteen snaps, I don't know if he's going to get a whole lot more than that because outside of taking the top off of a defense, he's not going to do much for you in the name of blocking downfield or anything like that. He's still relatively new to the system, so I don't know how diverse it is as far as moving him up and down the formation. So I just think he's a little bit limited in just what he can do for that offense in general. So that's probably why they don't deploy him as often as you would like them to. Uh, but, yeah, they'll they'll take their shots, and if nothing else, they'll open things up underneath. Well, that's uh, for, what he does. Yeah, for you Foster Moreau. He can run past cover two, right. and he'll, he'll, he'll soften up a defense for you. Right. And sometimes, and even at that, Anthony, even as a decoy, that might be more than enough. Yeah. You know, you might yeah. not even have to throw the ball to him. I remember that Cowboy game, man. Oh. Man, you know, and again, I saw him here. I know Deshaun. I I was always a big Deshaun fan. It's a shame because yeah, he he was uh, you know, he, he just he could he could have been even better, right? Like, you know, and he, he had a good year. Healthy. He had a great yeah. year when Chip was there too. It, it, I, I would yeah. never understand that situation with him and Chip. Dude, dude him he didn't like he didn't like Deshaun, and he didn't like Lashawn Lashawn yeah. McCoy, Shady McCoy, right? Who was a great and. He, not to go back in the history, but you know, this is why Chip failed in the NFL because he didn't know the league, right? And he was stubborn as all get out. And when you looked at LaShawn McCoy, who was a jump cut runner, he fit Chip's system perfectly. And, and I used to do it. a show with LaShawn, with Shady, right? Mm-hmm. He's still, good, it was a good buddy of mine. And so Shady and I would talk, and one day he comes to me and says, Cuz, he goes, well, I'm out of here. I said, what do you mean you're out of here? Like, he had just had like 165 yards, like so ridiculous. I go, you're out of here. What are you talking about? He goes, Chip, man, Chip just doesn't like me, man. He, I can feel it, man. He don't want me here. 
Did he sure mean enough, him as a player or as a person or all of it? I think as a, I guess, but or both. Yeah. I, I don't know. He yeah. didn't talk to anybody though. Like, he, yeah. listen, he was reviled by the Eagles front office. Like, they're really nice people. I've known them for a long time. Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, and, and all the and yeah. all the people, right? Like Howie, they're really nice people. And he rubbed everybody the wrong way. Everybody, amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll uh, we'll get to all this stuff. Chris, you're gonna have to get on me, man, because I I, I can't stop talking about it. Oh no, I hate to go to commercial. Yeah, we can get lost in this. <laughs> yes, we're we're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. The fellas on this Super Wild Card weekend talking about Bengals, Raiders, Cincinnati's going to be cold in Cincy today. Good good football weather, but the wind the wind should not play a factor. So that should be uh, – I'm just looking for the latest. But that should be pretty good. Should, shouldn't bother them. But it's good theater, right? Like we always talk about, you know, football weather. And it's, today, it's uh, – let's look at it. Today, hourly for kickoff. Little snow showers in the in the air. You like that, Figgy? 32 degrees with some snow showers. Not Winds a- 10 to 15 miles an hour. Yeah, not necessarily a fan of the snow and the wind. I guess I'm encouraged by the 32 degrees. I, I saw a stat the other day that Derek Carr is 0-5 in games where it's 30 degrees or, or lower. So if it's 32, uh, that doesn't count. So I guess from that standpoint, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't think it's going to play too much of a too much of a havoc. Well, the wind uh, could, you know, especially if you're talking about, you know, if it's a low-scoring game, you're getting kickers involved. You know that that could be a big deal. That could be an issue. So yeah, ten to fifteen. You know, yeah, not. I hear you. Not crazy, but if you're talking, you know, you might eschew you from taking a 50, 55, 50 yard yeah. field goal and have you go for it on fourth down uh-huh. in a situation where you normally wouldn't. You know. Yeah. No, you're you're right on there. When when you look at the Raiders and you look at the job that Pesati Vasati. That's <laughs> uh, my man. Uh, you look at what, what he has. To do. I want you to think about this because, you know, all the opening, the job openings that have cropped up and, you know, we'll get into the candidates and who's who's who and the whole thing with the coaching standpoint. But the job that he's done keeping this thing together after what they've had to deal with, you know, the Gruden thing, we, we almost don't even realize how deep that was. So think about it. We'll talk about it straight ahead. We're the fellas on Fox. 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, welcome back. Hour number two of the fellas. A good, good, good Saturday morning. It's a Fox football Saturday right here with the fellas. As we uh, break down the weekend's NFL action. All begins today in Cincinnati. Bengals, Raiders. And tonight, Buffalo, New England, we will uh, get to all of it. All of the weekend's football. Uh, just kind of going through it, man. It's uh, it's going to be a fun year, a fun playoff. This is, this is kind of what we, all year long, man. It's why we consume football. It's funny, the... Uh, I keep going back to the ratings because the ratings were crazy last week. And the top 100 shows of 2021, 82 of them were football games, 75 NFL uh, and seven college. And, of course, the last time we spoke, it was before the national championship game. And what a game it was. Congratulations, Georgia. That was a uh, that was a fun game, Fig. Georgia was... It was physical. It was, you know, that's that SEC is just always delivers, man. Yeah, it was one the way Georgia had to win. You know, yep. physical on defense. You know, uh, get a couple of big stops, big turnovers, and uh, you find a way to win. That was. Uh, it's always entertaining when Alabama loses. Um, although some would say the SEC won, so we all lost. But that's neither here nor there. For me, it's just good to have some new blood. Georgia hadn't won in. Forever, but 1980, I think, was their last national yeah. championship. My goodness, yeah. like every like, just like every program on their periphery had won. I think even Georgia Tech had won a national championship or two since 1980, and Georgia hadn't. So happy for that fan base. Happy for Kirby Smart, one of the another former assistant, getting a victory over Nick Saban twice in the same season. Now after it hadn't happened in ever, so uh, kudos to to Georgia for getting themselves a big victory. I just I have to marvel at one thing about Georgia. You think at all the great quarterbacks that have gone through Georgia and all the ones that, you know, were there but then transferred out under Mark Richt. You know, Mark Richt famously kind of let Cam Newton get away, but they had had Matt Stafford and they had had Aaron Murray. They had all these quarterbacks who threw for just thousands and thousands of yards and it just never worked out for them. And yet their their national championship winning quarterback is Stetson Bennett. Who's like five foot ten and weighs probably like a buck, <laughs> buck sixty. A buck sixty. Yeah, <laughs> it was a walk on and had to go to a community college before before coming back. 
and by the way, was uh, in front of JT Daniels, who was a highly recruited player, began his yeah. career at USC, went to Georgia, played well, got injured, and I guess for old schoolers, I'd say he got Wally pipped, I guess, you know? Yeah. They were winning. Not that Stetson Bennett and Anthony like, had any crazy over-the-top numbers. He played well, but it's not like he was necessarily yeah, – mobile, more mobile, right. Yeah, but he wasn't winning games for them. No. You know, no. it was just kind of a caretaker. Game manager. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You, now you're, you're – <laughs> But for them, I was so impressed, and like, when he had that fumble – you know, that Alabama picked up and they were already backed up in their red zone. Most of the time against Alabama, something like that happens and the team folds. He got better. He showed some poise and and, and, and led them back and, and got better after that after that moment. He that, did. I, I thought the same thing. I, you know, like you, I go, well, he looked like a bunny rabbit early, right? Like he mm-hmm. looked like a scared bunny. And... You're going, oh my God, Will Anderson, he's... Oh, he's a monster. Oh, he's a monster. He's going to make some NFL team real happy next year. Oh my God, he's amazing. What a what a great kid, too. Told you to Parents, watch out for him, too. He's just, uh, yeah. uh, beautiful. I, I mean, you know, great family. What I liked um, about Stetson Bennett the most is that, I guess, in the press conference, either after or the days after, he didn't really buy into the idea of being an underdog. I think someone asked him, it's like, what do you feel like being an underdog? And it's like I'm not the underdog. I won all this. Like, yeah, he just, yeah, no, he, I like, agree. Even at even at yeah. all the uh, yeah, small agree. small that we did, all, you know, buck buck one sixty one sixty or whatever. Like you're wearing it. You're being the heel already. I mean, who who can deny you that? I well, agree. Listen, I think you're right. I do. Yeah, it's like I'm not an underdog. I worked hard and I earned this. I'm good. I am and good. He, and, I, I didn't come out thing. of nowhere. I'm good. I know did, how good and I he am. Did, and he did make, man, there were a couple monster throws that yes. he made. Was he turned, so it was funny. When he makes the play to Pickens early, I thought, all right, well, now, you know, he'll get going. And then the offense still sputtered. But then in that toward the end of the third quarter where he's on that drive and, and he starts to make a couple big thr- throws and he gets confidence and then he start running the ball a little bit more. The offense, you know, just kind of turned it on and got into sync. It was really impressive. And to see the kids show that kind of emotion at the end, yeah. it was beautiful. Yeah. Crying tears on the sideline, the, the team that he wanted to play for as a kid. Yeah. Everything you awesome. could want in a in a Hollywood script. Totally. And, and here's the thing. I, I, let me give Saban a lot of credit because I thought he was gracious to Kirby Smart, you know he loves him. Right. But but at the end of that game, you read his lips, God bless you, Kirby. Like he was he gave you he was very gracious. Um I, I just thought I thought it was a beautiful story. I thought it was a great display, like of college football, you know? Yeah. And it was great to see Nick Saban. Everybody sees him as like this crazy, ranting, angry tyrant. But you see him in some press conferences when he does lose, he's always been, to the best of my recollection, a gracious loser. It doesn't happen that often. Right. Uh, but he's always been complimentary of uh, his former assistants or his opponents. He's always been respectful of them, um, and that's not necessarily always the case uh, with a lot of coaches. So kudos, <laughs> especially coaches who have a lot of run of success like he's had. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's the truth. So, you know, speaking of coaches, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but the matchup between Sean McDermott and Bill Belichick is awesome. Mm-hmm. The theater between those two. It's pretty good because I know Sean a lot. Sean is Sean's one of these uh, overachievers in life. So Sean was always the smallest kid, wanted to play college football, you know, Division three, 
one of those, you know, he's a coach's kid because his father was a legendary Pennsylvania high school coach. And, you know, always, always scrapping, right? Like he's that kind of kid. And even as a coach, like I saw him and, you know, always dialed in, always fired up and always ready for a fight. And, you know, great defensive guy. And it's a shame because he kind of got scapegoated when he was in Philadelphia. So they, Andy Reid, Andy had a uh, a legendary defensive coordinator by the name of Jim Johnson, who passed away. And Jim was a what what it was an amazing coach, an amazing guy. Everybody loved Jim. He was a father figure to a Hall of Famer, Brian Dawkins and Jeremiah Trotter, and all the all those players on defense. And when he died, it was it was you know everybody took it hard, and Sean was young and Sean got the job and then things kind of went a little went sideways and you know he had a tough time and then he resuscitated in in Carolina with Ron Rivera and then he got his gig in Buffalo and he, and he's been terrific Vig I mean he's been a He's been, he's done a great job. He's an underrated coach, man. Yeah, he's taken one of the teams that's been a perennial loser. You think of coming out of those four straight Super Bowl losses and where the Bills generally have been since then, yeah, I really done a whole lot. You know, <laughs> didn't make the playoffs a whole lot a- after those years, and they have been a consistent playoff team. Well, you say four of his five seasons they've made the postseason yep. since he's been the head coach. Yeah, I mean that's saying something. He brought came in and, and changed that entire culture. So. Took a swing at Josh Allen, which many of us and I, chief among them, questioned because his stats at, at Wyoming were unimpressive. And Josh Allen and the offensive coordinator, Dayball, who's obviously his name is out there again for, for head coaching jobs, have done a great job working hard and turning that thing around to make them one of the favorites to come out of the AFC. So I got nothing but love for Sean McDermott. I think he's a, he's a great coach. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, Belichick – Belichick gets under his skin a little bit. The two of them have that thing going. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially coming out of that first game, you know, with the wind and all that. Exactly. It's pretty cool, man. It really is. It's a lot of fun with those those two going at it. Uh, But before we go there, I I asked you a question, and I'm curious what you think when it comes to the Raiders and that nondescript mustachioed coach. Yes. What do you think? Well, I will say, if the Raiders were to find a way to win this weekend, uh, they still don't necessarily have to give them the full-time job. If they found a way to win next weekend and got to the AFC Championship game, there's no way you couldn't make him the head coach. I, I, I think the team did a great job rallying around him. He's talked about them being a family and all the, the coach speak, but it doesn't seem like coach speak because it seems like all the players truly do embrace him. Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator, speaks highly of him. Gus Bradley speaks very highly of him, the defensive coordinator. So I think the players would all be happy if he became the head coach. The issue is Mark Davis wants someone – he wants the head coach to be in charge of the entire operation. Rich Bisaccia has been around for a very long time. I just don't know if he's the person to be in charge of an entire football operation as far as the draft and all the position groups and creating a front office atmosphere – and, and that part of it. And the problem with that is Mike Mayock, their current journal manager, isn't that either. He was essentially just a draft guy. We know John right. Gruden was the head of the snake. Mike Mayock isn't a cap guy. He's not a – he was simply brought in to evaluate talent and help in the draft room. 
but from actually being a general manager in the classic sense of being an NFL GM, Mayock doesn't have the necessary chops classically for that either. So but anything other than a couple of wins here in the postseason, I, I think they, what they probably may do is try to, whoever they hire as a new head coach, try to convince them to keep Passaccia on staff, give them a couple of extra bucks, give them a big pay bump and make them the – you know, the, the the head coach, the, the assistant head coach or something like that. Right. But I really don't know if Mark Davis would prefer to have him be the head coach. It would only happen if I think if it's just an undeniable type of situation with some sort of crazy run. I mean, if they go in and, and somehow beat the Bengals, you know, I, I think you, you got to even look at it if, if that happens sure. alone. And look, you Mark, know, yeah, like, because Mark Davis even said when Basachi got the interim job, he says Mark is going to have as big of a chance to get this job as anybody. So it's hard to say that. He's showing you results, and you don't give him the job. Yeah. Now, I will say there have been some fluky things that, like, they've won six games this year on the final play. Like, just – very some anomalies are happening this year. That right. in a general, uh, two more bounces go in the opposite direction. Two or two or three more bounces, and the Raiders are under five hundred, not in the playoffs. So that's how thin of a margin of error they had this year. Um, so it, it's as good of a year as they had. They weren't that far away from being a mediocre team too. And I think you have to keep that in perspective as well when you're talking well, about the future of the franchise. I I agree. I agree with that a lot. Hey, uh, just to put a bow on this. Because I, I I still cannot believe Brandon Staley <laughs> and what he how he coached that guy. I, I know that's his mo, but to go forward at your own twenty um, and that deep in your own territory to run that play too, which was yeah. let me just run into the teeth of the defense, and then you know the timeout. I, I I just don't understand it. What was the what was the talk? Uh, about Staley in in California. I mean, oh, there was a couple of people who were saying like, "Oh, Brandon Staley should be fired." He he basically cost the Chargers a playoff berth. Um, I the the timeout was not as egregious, at least on from my standpoint, as the going mm. forward on fourth down at your own eighteen yard line. You're down by seven points early third quarter, and you go for it. And thankfully, your defense was able to hold the Raiders out of the end zone. Now look. The Raiders built a 15-point lead after that, and you, you, you cut into it and forced overtime. So ultimately it didn't matter. But, you know, who knows what happens. You punt the ball away. They have to go further. They have a turnover. Anything can happen in that sequence. But you essentially gave them three points. The Raiders basically didn't do anything. I don't know if they even moved the ball an inch. Right. But, they, but they kicked a, a chip-shot field goal from there. And I will – I'll give Brandon Staley credit. The fourth down stuff I don't have as much of an issue with because they won a lot of games this year playing that way. Opening day against Washington, I vividly remember that game they won by going forward on fourth. They beat the Eagles going forward on fourth down a couple of times in their last drive. The Kansas City game in Kansas City. So a lot of these things worked in their favor. Of course, it's going to be glaring when you don't make it, and people point that out, especially when it's on national TV, like this game against the Raiders, and then a couple of weeks earlier, again, against Kansas City, where they didn't kick field goals and went forward on fourth down and didn't make any of them, and they ended up losing that game in overtime too. So generally speaking with this philosophy, I don't mind it. But I don't know any circumstance, Anthony, Barring being late in the fourth quarter and you're trying to make a comeback where you would go for it on your own 18-yard line on fourth and one. That made little sense to me. I do have to echo, and too. Pl- like and, when it, and the play call, too. I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to real quick throw in there the note that 
I did see Brandon Staley did lead the league in, you know, they, they led the league in converted fourth downs. No, yeah, this year. Yeah. So well like over sixty five percent. Over sixty five percent. They had a very good so. success rate. So yeah, it's it's only it only becomes an issue usually when you fail. The problem is when you fail, it is pretty high stakes move at the end. You just can't fail that epically. You can't even yeah. attempt that. And Anthony, I know you're talking about the play it's call too, with the run too up the middle. Deep. Yeah, but I don't care deep, what though. the call is. You I agree. You I, gotta pump I, the I, ball. I, yes. That's a playoff it's game essentially. Deep. Yeah. Exactly. You're you're too deep in your own territory. You can't just give points away. And that's essentially what he did. Yeah, it'd be one thing if you were even at midfield, because at least then the, right. the Raiders would have to earn a couple of plays, a couple of first downs. You handed them the ball in field goal range. They did nothing with it and kicked three points, and that could have changed the game for you. And, and listen, I, I hear you on the timeout because, you know, ultimately it was about the rush defense for the Chargers that let them down because there's there's a point where – if they don't, if they only get so many yards, I, I don't know that they, the Raiders, even risk a field goal because if it's too far, if it's fifty-seven yards, I wouldn't kick it because you don't know what happens. It gets blocked or they have a return returned. guy back there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I wouldn't have done it, and it felt like you know. And Derek Carr said it after the game, and you know it better. You would know better than I would, but it felt like they were playing for the tie. And then he called the timeout, and then it gave them a little bit more impetus to go for a kick the field goal. Yeah, well, what it was, I mean, I, I don't know what the play call was going to be. My guess is it was going to be some simplistic run. Now, they did, after the timeout, they did run the ball, and they picked up bigger yards, which prompted them yeah. to kick the field goal. So maybe, if anything else, the timeout helped the Raiders kind of gather themselves when the Chargers, Brandon Staley, when he was asked after the game why he, he took the timeout, he says, I wanted to get my run personnel in there. We didn't have the right personnel in the field to stop the run. And I guess you put the right personnel out there and you still give up a 12-yard run. So I, I don't know if that would have affected the outcome of the play one way or the other. I Part of me still believes the Raiders probably would have attempted a kick one way or the other uh, just to try to give themselves a chance to win and not have to settle for the tie. Um, I, I, I think it may have been a bit of a tough sell to the players to say, let's just take a knee and just go into the locker room and not even attempt to kick a long field goal. And Carlson has a strong leg. So you would, I think, if it's fifty-seven yard, if it's sixty-five yards, then no. If you're talking fifty-five, fifty-six, fifty-seven, you know, indoors. I, I honestly, I wouldn't have done it, I, I, and because again, I've accomplished my goal. Like I just want to yeah. get to the playoffs. True. So that's that's it. Like you know, hey guys, we're going to the playoffs. The winning the game didn't even matter. Right. And, and I get that part of it too. It's just part of me that the competitor of those guys. Yeah, I know they I want you. to be able to win. Yeah. And by the way, even with the Brandon Staley, you know, in the fourth quarter, they had the game-winning or the game-tying touchdown. Some people were saying, if, if you're so aggressive and you trust your offense so much, you're never going to have more momentum than when you had at the end of regulation. Why didn't you just go for two? If you trust Justin Herbert that much in every situation, go for two and go for the win. Now, I wouldn't have done that because we know you're playing for a tie. It. Right, right. Uh, but I certainly understand people that would say, Brandon Staley, this is who we are. We're going to be ultra aggressive. We're going to go for your throat. That would have been a go for your throat moment right there. We win and we're in. If we don't, then we don't deserve to be there. Yeah. So wow. I, I understand that argument too. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick TO. We got to come back. We had a lot of fun, man. We're just rolling through it. I, I do want to take a look at New England, Mac Jones, and of course, the Bills Mafia. That's tonight where the fellas on Fox. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. 
we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Welcome back, fellas. Hanging out. Saturday morning, Fox Football Saturday. All right, let's take a, uh, a gander, guys, into Foxborough, uh, Foxborough, into Orchard Park, excuse me. And uh, it's going to be, uh, it's it's amazing, right? It's cold. It's such a great setting for football. It's four degrees, Bill's Mafia as the as the backdrop. And of course, Belichick, and he's back in the playoffs after a uh, a one year hiatus, COVID related, because a lot of their guys opted out, and now he's back with a rookie quarterback. I'll start with you, Fig. You give Belichick any chance in the upset? Well, he's earned uh, a chance in the upset. The problem is, I just don't see it. And recency bias, uh, just based on how Mac Jones has played, uh, I'm not very encouraged. Didn't look good against Buffalo a few weeks back. Um, didn't look good against the Dolphins last week uh, in a game that they still had a lot to play for because they didn't know if they were still playing for the division or not. Um, the only good game that he's played over the last month was against Jacksonville, and Jacksonville is terrible. So what does that really mean? Uh, so against Indianapolis, he struggled. So Mac Jones has – Overall, this season has been solid. He's been okay. But he has really, really struggled the last month or so, and that's a bad omen uh, going against a Buffalo team that just worked you over a few weeks back and is uh, looking to uh, to make a deep run in the postseason. So if you're asking me if I think the Patriots are going to win, absolutely not. But do they have a chance? Absolutely, because it's Bill Belichick. What do you think, Chris? I mean – it's all a matter of what kind of Patriots team are we going to get? What kind of Bills are we going to get? Because, yeah, the Patriots got worked by the Bills, but then they had that game, you know, oh, back in the season where everyone was gushing about the Patriots, where the Patriots beat the Bills in, like, win in wind-soaked weather. And, you know, they, they threw the ball, like, three times that game. I don't think you're going to get another game like that. But, I mean, the, the Patriots do this where they just get their defense geared up pretty well for the off for the excuse me the uh the postseason I give them I give them a chance here I, I don't know if they're going to I don't you, you could probably maybe get me with them in the points I don't know if I'd ever take them outright but I definitely would give them a pretty decent chance here against Buffalo who you know they, they they've done well in the playoffs but I don't think they've really I, I still this is a good this is a good test for them to see what exactly we're going to have with them. Because it's not it's not a great quarterback in Mac Jones. 
across the side, but it is a it is a pretty veteran defense, and you you got to beat that to at least get warmed up. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I, I I hear you, and I think both of you guys make uh, terrific points. But I would be extremely disappointed if the Bills did not win. Like I I would you know I I expect them. It should be Bills and Chiefs. My only shame is, and no disrespect to Tennessee, because I thought Vrabel did a great job, but I still think Chiefs and, and Bills are the two best teams, and I'd like to see them in the in the conference championship. But I, I I think the Bills are clearly the better team, the much, much better quarterback. They're much better situated. You know, I, I mean, their defense is as good as New England's, and their offense is, is that much better. And there's no playmaker on the field like Diggs. Yeah, and the issue, if you go back to that last game that they played when Buffalo, you know, beat them, I think it was 33 to 20 or 33 to 21, something like that. But they had a lot of long sustained drives. The Patriots' defense has been good, but they've given up a lot of long drives this year. And Buffalo was able to to work the clock and work downfield and run the ball a little bit. You know, they're, they're not going to run the ball for 140 yards or anything, but if just make it respectable. Which at when they've been able to do that, they've been amazing. That's when they've had their big offensive explosions. Is when Singletary at least is a threat. Uh, and they were able to do that in their last game. So there's there's too many avenues where I can see Buffalo winning. It, it, it's hard. New England would have to run for over 200 yards again. And quite honestly, that game that they won in Orchard Park was in large part due to the elements because Buffalo was trying to throw the ball still and play normally, and they couldn't. The conditions didn't lend itself to it. And the Patriots just ran the ball over and over and over again and were able to to, to outlast them and win the game. So if, if it was a normal condition, the Bills probably win that game too, to be honest with you. I, I agree, Anthony. They're, I think they're a better team. So they should win. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, and they're in the middle of their they're, – they're, they're poised to take that next step. Like, I would you – and you guys would not be surprised if they had a Super Bowl run. No, I mean they were. If they weren't the favorite, they were right behind Kansas City when the season started as favorites to go to the Super Bowl. So nobody should be surprised that they're here. No, I picked them. I picked before the season. I think my, you know, Fox Sports Radio pick was like Bills over Rams for the for the Super Bowl. I mean, I've since changed that for some of the pride of Detroit writing. But I mean, no, no reason why they shouldn't be able to no. go deep here. No, no, I mean. It- I mean, they they have all the makings of a Super Bowl team. Like, I agree, you got to be able to run it. But what, what negates some of that is the fact that Allen is that kind of athlete because he's so dangerous with his legs and has a, and is a has a great arm. And, but he's so sturdy and he's a good runner. I think that negates some of their issues running the ball. At times, yeah. There, there are just some, some games as well where it's just a little puzzling where he just doesn't, you know, put it together. You know, I remember the Colt game, and at the time the Colts were playing well and they were a good team, uh, and he looked pretty bad. He, he, he looked kind of off his game a little bit. Um, and look, nobody's perfect. I, even, I remember saying this maybe two months ago or so. Uh, I felt he was going to regress a little bit this season. Now his numbers, for the most part, are about the same. The interceptions are a little up, yards are a little down, touchdowns he had 37 last year, 36 this year. So he basically essentially duplicated what he did last year, which is good. It wasn't a major regression. Um, I, I guess for me, Anthony, I just have to see him do it first for whatever reason um, before I can just gung-ho pick him. Um, and I, I think they'll beat New England this week. But moving forward, depending on the matchup, you know, I I, I will be gun shy and saying like, well, Buffalo Bills going to Buffalo's going to make a run and they're going to be the Super Bowl favorite for me. 
Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I hear you. I mean, it's a, it's a good argument either way. I, I think they're in the middle of their run, though, right? Like, you, you would agree that, you know, they, they have a, they, they, their windows wide open oh, yeah. and, 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 you know, going forward, they're in the middle of it. They're not going anywhere. You have, uh, you have a really good head coach who uh, is coaching up that defense, and you have an excellent young quarterback who should continue to progress forward. So you're, 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 you're locked in. You're solid. You are going to be in the mix for the next 10 years. Yeah. So yeah. you have that. It's interesting because he reminds me of uh, – now he's on the other side of the ball, or he comes from the other side of the ball. But he does remind me of Andy. He learned from Andy in a lot of ways – and you know you get the but it always goes back to the quarterback, man. You got to get the quarterback. I'll tell you why. Hit us with some trending, and let's kind of go back to that notion. All right. Well, Dallas has won seven of their last eight games. They snapped the Grizzlies' eleven-game win streak. One twelve to eighty-five was the final score. As Luka Doncic had a triple double, the Suns got thirty-five points from Devin Booker in a victory over Indiana. They have the best record in the NBA at 32-9. and nine. Warriors all over the Bulls, 138-96. Zach Levine suffered a knee injury with about in the, at the nine-minute mark of the first quarter, and he will have an MRI later today. Philadelphia has won 8-9. of nine. They defeat the Celtics, 25 points there for Joel Embiid. Wins for Sacramento, Cleveland, Miami, and Detroit. In the NFL, the Eagles will have running back Miles Sanders in the lineup Sunday against Tampa Bay. However, defensive end Josh Sweat questionable with an abdominal issue. Steelers running back Damian Harris questionable for Sunday night as well in Kansas City with an elbow injury. Clyde Edwards-Elair of the Chiefs been, has been ruled out for that game. College football news, Hawaii head coach Ty Graham stepped down after two seasons at the helm. Chip Kelly agreed to a four-year contract extension with UCLA. Iowa extending the contract of Kirk Ferentz through 2029. Top 25 college basketball victories for Illinois and Purdue. Back to the fellas. All right, thank you, Fig. We are the fellas. Hanging out on a uh, wild card Saturday. Very exciting. Uh, all right, let, let's let's examine this for uh, a second as uh, we kind of look at the, the quarterback, having that quarterback, right? So we, we say Bills are, are in the middle of it all, they're, of their run, and that's because of Allen. Obviously, Kansas City, same thing. As long as you got Mahomes and... I, I'm not shook. I, I love Mahomes, and uh, I, I still believe in Mahomes despite the year. You know, listen, there's always – defenses always come up with stuff, and, you know, it's all about adapting, and, and the kid just has great skills. He's got a great head on his shoulders, and, and I, I'm a big – I'm still a big believer in Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you say he struggled this year. His interceptions were up a bit, but his production was the same. Same right. completion percentage. Yards pass for was up. And he had one fewer touchdown this season than last. 37 this year, 38 last year. So in the midst of all of these struggles, you look at his final stat line, it's exactly the same as it has been. Yeah, it's nuts. And even though there's like this notion where you feel like he's, you know, had a bit of a, de- you know, a, a struggle. And it's amazing. It shows you how great he is. Yeah. It's like, what's wrong um, with the Chiefs? Well, I don't know. They're 12 and 5. There's a lot right with them. I'll tell you that. Amen, brother. Amen. So let, let's let's keep it going, right? So you got Allen, you got Mahomes. Now, when you go through it, Barrow seems to be a guy that you can count on, right? Like Barrow seems to be the real deal. Would you? Would you? Uh, both you guys? No. Oh, yeah, based on what I've seen so far, absolutely <clears throat> can't argue against it. So we agree, Chris. You agree with Barrow? 
Uh, sorry, what was being, un- being the real deal? Like, because we're looking at quarterbacks that yeah, are going to keep I, you I, in the mix for the next, you know, five years. I think so. I think he's just kind of exploded in in a fantastic way, and you see the the supporting staff around yeah, I him that's just him. got him. Yeah. That's got him where he is. He's got weapons on weapons on weapons. There, yeah. we talked about it. You know, the other week with B- Boyd, uh, T. Higgins, and. And Jamar Chase, the only question I have is just again, it's going to be that offensive line keeping him uh, up, 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 uh, upright in these playoffs. But again, looking to the future, he's there's no reason to not think that Joe Burrow isn't a isn't a future for Cincinnati. He's played well at every level. Well, he's going he's, to keep that you can win with, yeah. like you're going to win with him. Oh, Herbert absolutely. showed you that you that he's the same guy. I mean, throw after throw Sunday night in, in that kind of game. You know, he's yeah. a winner. As I don't know the, about the coach. Yeah, as but long as the coaches aren't screwing it up, he's fine. Yeah, yeah, he's a winner. We're the coordinator there. Those four guys are the the guys that you that in the AFC where you would say going forward, you got five years of contention. Absolutely. Can't argue against that. Anybody else? Because I, I don't think I see uh, anybody else. No, nobody else really stands out. Um, I don't. In the five-year game, again, it's five years. So, you know, the, the guys at the end, you know, the Brady types, they don't count here. Yeah, because he's going to be out the door pretty well. It's, it's at least early, we think so. It's early on him, but and I know he didn't play well this year, but I contend that Trevor Lawrence right now has a lot of the same problems that yeah, Joe Burrow had his bet. first year. Like, I agree. I, there's no yeah. reason for me to doubt Trevor Lawrence can't play at an elite level in the NFL with everything we've seen at every level that. that he's played. It's uh, just I, that he's got an even worse offensive line than Joe Burrow had last year and even less weapons. Like, I feel like anyone who takes that Jacksonville job, if you can turn around that offense and get the, you know, the help he needs, like there's no reason to not think Trevor Lawrence with some years of seasoning that he won't be at a Joe Burrow level. Yeah, I agree. But again, I'm just talking about right now contenders, right? Just right. guys that are in contention because, you know, again, you need a good GM and a good coach, right? Not just the quarterback. So it's the triad. Then NFC, and this isn't a really interesting conversation. So Rogers, Brady's, Rogers and Brady on the other side for the sake of the argument. Before okay? before we move on to the to the NFC, I will say, and he's had an up and down year with injuries, I would still place Lamar Jackson in that category in the AFC as well. I would. I know some people wouldn't. Not the classic mm. passer and all of that, but um, I still put him in that in that elite quarterback status that I think you can win with in the AFC. I think you can win with him. I do, but he still needs to throw it better. He has some polishing that he needs. He needs there are things he needs to improve on for you sure. Know, before I can put him in the in the in the category of those all the four, it'd be Barrow. I'm I'm you know again he's still so young. Herbert, I just I I I buy. Because uh, he's also mobile too. Um, I yeah. mean, I there's a glaring missing Lamar. piece for Lamar for sure. He's yeah. already won an MVP. Um, we know the kind of talent that he has. You know, and look, when he does struggle is when he gets to the playoffs against better defenses. Yeah. We do know that. But and he's di- and look, listen, he's dynamic. He's all get out. But again, I'm with you. I'm just kind of on the fence now. NFC is a real interesting conversation because if you put. Rodgers and Brady aside, because it's from now for five more years, and Rodgers may play for five years or whatever. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put him on the side because of his age. I'll make the top part of it Russ. 
All right? Because I still believe that wherever Russell Wilson goes, you're going to be a contender. Agreed. So then, who else you got in the NFC? Because when you kind of go through it, right, you got Dak is a a real polarizing question. Is he the guy that you know can contend for five years? I want to say yes, but this is a big playoff for him. It is. And and Dak has always been, for me, kind of one of those middle-tier guys. He's not Mm -hmm. elite. He's not bad. And if he has enough around him, you can win with him. Uh, but you're going to get some duds every now and then for whatever reason uh, from him. So f- for that reason, I wouldn't put him in that elite status at the top. See, it's funny because he can't – like there were games and he he's kind of an enigma in this sense. You know, when you rely on him, you know, I've seen him come through, right? Like we've all oh, seen I him. Oh, I have. Like I've seen every right? snap the guy's taken, trust me. Exactly. Yeah. Like we've seen him and they got weapons. Like listen – Zeke's cooked, right? Absolutely. So you know he's cooked. If they're going to make a run and they're going to make a Super Bowl run, he's got to do. He's got to throw it. All right, tell you what, let's let's table it. We'll we'll pick up the conversation in just a moment, fellas. Wild card Saturday, right here. Kiri Merck. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, welcome back, fellas. Breaking it all down, wild card weekend. Enjoying it. Uh, let's get right to back to Dak. Look, the, the best chance they have, look at tomorrow's game, when you're playing the Niners, is Dak has to throw you to victory. It's got to be, and, and again, a Lamb, Cooper, Schultz, Wilson, you know, Pollard out of the backfield, like, it, it's it's on Dak. You're not running your way past the Niners. 100%. If anything, they're going to run through you, and that's the yeah. big issue on the other side for the Cowboys. We know that they have great pass defense, and they can rush the passer with Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and all those guys, but, you know, San Francisco is not going to abandon the run. We saw last week against the Rams, even when they got down 17 nothing, came right out of halftime and ran the ball nine straight times before they scored a touchdown. So we, we know what the bread and butter for San Francisco is going to be. So here's my question. You know, knowing that, you know, Dak is, would you put him in that tier if, because look, look at the other quarterbacks that, that you have. So you wouldn't put Jimmy G in that tier. Well, We've already excluded Rodgers and Brady. So I guess Rodgers, the, Brady, yeah. So the question is, if you have to put somebody there, if the if the spot has to be occupied by somebody, because quite honestly, the, the the NFC crop of quarterbacks from in this category that you're talking about is not very wide. Not right, very so you got broad. Russell Wilson. Correct. Would you put Stafford? Would you guys put Stafford as a guy that if he's your quarterback? You're a contender to win a Super Bowl for the next five years. That's the big question this year, isn't it? Like yeah. it's a matter of because if you had asked me earlier in the season, I would have unequivocally said yes. I can un- and I still say yes, but I can understand if people are jumping yeah. off the wagon seeing him. I, mean, kind of I would say these yes. Figgy, I'd be inclined to say yes. Okay, so we agree there. Kyler Murray, who I like a lot, and I think is close, but you know they've had a tailspin, as they and, did the know, last couple of years, by the way. 
Yeah, and you know, now losing Hopkins doesn't yes. doesn't help. I mean, right. that's a big loss for them. I think but, Murray's still a yes for me. Is he still a yes? As of now, Murray would probably be a yes for me too, because I know I what he's going to do when he's healthy. Pretender. Yeah, I like it. But well, you know, it's funny because you know Lamar versus Murray. Who you got? I think Murray just has the better arm. Like he just gets he it does. down. He definitely does. He definitely yeah. does. But there's his problem is he's small and you know how many batted balls and well and he gets you know, and he gets banged spots. up. He, he does. Hurts. He's had the ankle issue this year. He had an injury I last know. year. So I mean that's your durability that's part is of part of it. Yes, which is why I'm really on the fence with him because if I go to that tier, I go uh, without a doubt Russ. Without a, I, I think Stafford. Yes, I think Dak. Yes, I like I think Dak. You know, over the next five years, who would you rather have, Murray or Dak? I don't know, to be honest. I'd rather you. have Murray. I don't know. And, again, like I said, I've seen every snap that Dak has taken. I've seen, obviously, a lot of Kyler Murray. I honestly don't know. And I, I can go back and forth on that for a while, to be honest It's a with great you. debate because I think I go Dak because I think he's, you know, more durable. <sighs> Definitely bigger. He's had his issue, you know. injury issues too, but not his fault. Right. So, if it's from a durability standpoint, then sure. But even from a consistency standpoint, I don't necessarily give that to him either. I've just seen too much of too many clunkers yeah, by Dak. I mean, and, and he go and when he misses, he misses high. Yeah. Speaking of Kyler, I mean the Arizona game. I mean, my God, how yeah. terrible was he in that game? Yeah, he was awful for he no reason. Awful. It's interesting, man. But there's nobody else, right? There's no Jimmy G. Yeah. There's no Hurts. The whole thing. So. Yeah. All right, we're going to come back and uh, take a look at tomorrow's action a little bit where the fellas on Fox and Kev, my there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, it's 8 a.m. in the East, 5 a.m. in the West. It is Super Wild Card Weekend. A weekend of revelry as a uh, storm... Giant winter storm makes its way through the country, really, uh, from the Midwest. I believe there's like uh, 16 states be affected by the storm that uh, is right now heading into the southeast and bringing snow and ice and cold through the southeast and uh, the Midwest and uh, working its way uh up the uh, up the the coast, so it's going to be uh, pretty nasty, cold, snow, ice, and uh, it's nice to just lock in and watch football. 
Which is fig- why I've always said I want football through February. <laughs> it, it, if you have to endure winter, it, it's nice to have football as your companion. Yeah, a little something. Uh, what better to pass the time than a little exactly. NFL, right? I'll exactly. take it. Exactly. That's why. Uh, anyway, so let's talk about tomorrow. We've talked a lot about the Bills and the Patriots. We talked a lot about Raiders and Bengals. Now let's dive into tomorrow's slate. Eagles and Tampa gets us started. So, guys, uh, I'll give you the Eagles standpoint. The Eagles, no one thought that they would make the playoffs. I did not think they would make the playoffs. I know them pretty well. I didn't think this roster was a playoff roster. They start off two and five. Things are pretty, pretty ghastly at two and five. Nick Sirianni, the first year coach, not a lot of people knew much about Nick Sirianni, gave a speech to his players and he used a flower analogy. Now he got mocked around the country for it. It went viral. He talked about planting the roots in the whole thing, and he used the flower on the uh, whiteboard and the whole thing. And he got, you know, he got he got right, right through the calls. Obviously, in uh, in my town, you know, he, there was a lot of poking fun, a lot of Listen, fertilizer jokes floating around. Yes, we uh, and in, you know, I'll tell you, in my town. We are world class ball breakers, right? <laughs> yeah. It's you know, we're usually fun, yeah. but it's a, a very quick witted and very biting. Mm-hmm. Like you know, when I was a kid, uh, my buddy's uh, older brother. Now I could be, I, I'm telling you, I might be eight years old, right? And I have a lot of hair. I have a big afro when I was a kid, and I'd walk into the room, and his brother Jimmy D, Jimmy D would say. Hey, Aunt, come over here. My mother needs to clean her pots. <laughs> so I got called Brillo Pad more than you uh-huh. can imagine. Yep. And uh, it, it were, you know, like, but they were world class ball breakers. That's what they. If you had, a, if you had anything, they would exploit it and and mock you for it. So when when Nick Sirianni goes the flowers, people were like, "What?" You know, like, and it all started. But here's the thing. It worked. The, Sirianni has a very interesting demeanor. I call him Ted Lasso because he has this amazing way. He's a very uh, positive, kind of good-feeling young guy. And he's obviously very energetic. And he's got some good fire to him. But he's got this good kind of you know sweet way about him. He has and, like a, an all shucks vibe to him, like Ted Lasso. Yes. He does. He right. does. It's you know, and the players like he'll wear T-shirts of his players, like um, and people were. It was so funny. I, I that I didn't get. So he used to he wore a Brandon a Brandon Graham T-shirt. It was like some Brandon Graham thing, and he wore it at practice, and then people kept talking about it. Like, why are you wearing a T-shirt one of your players on it? Or why are you wearing this shirt? Why are you wearing that? It's like, who cares, right? Whatever. But mm-hmm. that was like a big deal. And the players have really taken to Sirianni, which is why I give him uh, the lasso tag. 
Because I think he know. I think he. Knows, but I actually think he's a really smart football guy. But I think he's gotten everybody to buy into his program. Yeah, well, I'll say. Well, I guess the lasso extends to how the season started. You know, for them, not on a good note. And honestly, for me, it's how they evolved. Not even mid-season. You mentioned that that slow start, that two and five start, when they were trying. At least it seemed like they were trying to turn Jalen Hurts into something that he's not into a drop-back passer and the shotgun and all that stuff. And then they figured out, let's just play. If, if this is the guy we're hitching our wagon to, we need to play to his strengths. And for me, once they decided to do that, that's when everything flipped for them. Uh, I know the narrative is, like, well, they haven't beaten a playoff team all season long. You can only play who's in front of you, you know, so I don't hold that against them. Um, you know, look, you didn't think they were going to be that good. I certainly didn't think they were going to be that good. When he first got hired, people were scratching their heads. You know, he did one of the better coaching jobs this season. Now, granted, you can argue he dug himself the hole because they could have done what they've been doing the last two months from the start of the season, and maybe they would have been in better shape uh, from the start. But I'll give him credit for pivoting off of what they initially were doing, changing it up, and just finding a way to win games down the stretch. So I'll give him credit for that. Yeah, you know, and here's the thing. I I think a couple things. One – if I'm going to look at it realistically and honestly, like you with Pisacci with the Raiders, they played some bad quarterbacks, man, mm-hmm. during the stretch. Bad, bad quarterbacks. From Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm. <laughs> yeah. Garrett Gilbert mm-hmm. against Washington. Like, just bad. They played, they caught some teams at the right moment Denver, New Orleans. I mean, so, look, that stretch, you had the Giants, Jets by Washington, Giants. Washington. I mean, right. I mean, they won all those games as they probably should have. Right. You know? I mean, too, just bad, bad situations, bad quarterbacks, the whole thing. Because I I do think they're, look, it was a re, rebuild year. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, you know, they're still not uh, 100% locked on Jalen. Like, if you look at Hurts, and he's a real interesting story because. He is dangerous with his legs, but he has yet to really dart you down the field with his arm. And look, when when Sirianni takes over, Hurts is his quarterback, and he builds an offense around Hurts that's a modern offense, right? That's a throw-the-football offense. Now, he does you know a, a lot of read option, that sort of thing, a lot of horizontal stuff. But, you know, listen, he's trying to throw the football because that's how you win in 2022, right? 2021, when he takes over. you you got to throw it. But it's clear that he just is not a guy that you want throwing the football 35 times. So they go to a run-heavy offense. They have a great offensive line, and they go to a run-heavy offense. And Hurts is very mobile, and it makes that offense even more dangerous and that's when they've had a lot of success. But even their defense, I mean, they got one playmaker in the back seven, Darius Slay. Their front is okay. They lost Brandon Graham. Uh, I like Hargrave. Cox is kind of toward the end, but can still kind of summon it. Sweat can get after the quarterback a little bit, Barnett a little bit. But they're a team that kind of really lacks playmakers on that side of the ball and has to rely on an offense and a run game to control time of possession. Yeah, and that's what they've been doing, albeit against lesser competition. But, again, you only play who's in front of you. And, uh, like I said, I give them credit for making those adjustments. And Jalen Hurts has 
played as well as as you can imagine or as you could want him to based on the circumstances. They tried to formulate the offense to his talents. I still don't think he's the guy moving forward in the future either. And they have they have the Colts' first round pick this year, right? Did I believe Carson once hit his incentives or did he not? <laughs> yes, he did. So that's uh, yeah, a whole other story. Yeah. Uh, now it's not gonna be the uh, a super high pick, but there's also not. It's a quarterback starved class from what the evaluators say, too. So you might not be able to find your solution in this year's draft. Uh, but at the very least, you can say, you know, Nick Sirianni showed himself well, made some adjustments adjustments midseason, and put the team in a position to have success with how they were built. And I think uh, from a coach, that's all you can ask. A coach to the talent that you have. Don't try to do a square peg into a round hole. Yep. And that's what Sirianni showed you. Yeah, and I, and I give him all the credit in the world for that. You know, and and look, you know, you think he wants to? Do you think he wants to run the ball? Absolutely coach, not. Coaches don't want to run the. They don't want to throw it, especially a guy like him. Yeah, unless your name is Shanahan, from, you don't want to run the ball. Yeah. Exactly. And by the way, when you look at when you look at their offense, it's not. We talk about a dearth of weapons. They yeah. don't have a dearth of weapons. They're, first of all, Devontae Smith is a star. He's open every play. When you watch tape, Devontae Smith is open. He's a terrific young player. Terrific. He's a star waiting to happen, and he needs the ball 10 times like Deontay Johnson, Cooper Cup, you know, all those guys, those those top-flight receivers who get all those targets. He deserves that. He, you need to feed him that. And Dallas Goddard is at a, a, a top – I think he's a top 10 tight end mm-hmm. in the league. Yeah. Yeah, and when Sanders is healthy, he's good out of the backfield. You have yep. weapons. I would never say that the Eagles don't have off of offensive weapons to go to, but – we talked about this earlier in the show and at nauseum. If you don't have the quarterback, it almost it doesn't matter what else you have. I look at a team like Denver for that example. We haven't gotten yes. into the coaching carousel at all, but Denver almost has everything, everything you could want. Yeah. Good defense. Uh, their offensive line can be shaky at times, but it, it's okay. Good, uh, good, all great offensive weapons all over the place. But man, you can't fix that quarterback that position. Well, I love Javante. Javante Smith man. is amazing. He's amazing. <sighs> Or Javante Williams, excuse me, is, is amazing. But, again, if you don't have a quarterback, even a competent quarterback, despite all the weapons that you may have, as good as your defense is, the best Denver can do is be 500 or pretty close to it, is mediocre. Yeah. You'd much yeah. rather – I think I'd rather have the quarterback and then fill in everything else as opposed to having everything else and then try to find a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point, man. It's so true. It really is. It's so true. Because then, what that happened? What happens then, Anthony? You start overpaying guys. You start. You get into like Kirk yeah. Cousins mode. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings are blowing things up now because they had that run to the NFC title game. And they said, "Man, we're just missing a quarterback." Yeah, Kirk might not be that great, but he's better than Case Keenum. So let's give him a lot of money. Right. And that didn't work itself out. Nah, you just kill yourself with the cap. Yep. You, just, you bury yourself. Sure do. Oof. But listen, let's take a look at. The matchup, because let's look at it from a Brady standpoint. No Godwin, no Antonio Brown, Fournette banged up, no Ronald Jones. Brady looking to defend his title, and he he talk about a dearth of weapons. That's it. He's just got his old pal Gronk and Mike Evans. So we'll discuss that matchup and whether or not the Eagles can upset the champs will look at Dallas, San Francisco, which could be the best game of the weekend. And then, of course, Kansas City against Pittsburgh as we go through all the storylines, subplots, 
breaking it all down right here with the fellas on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Welcome back, fellas. All right. Let's, uh, let's tackle Brady. He's the best. He had uh, his news conference the other day. He's talking about the Super Bowl and the play where he dropped the pass. And somebody asked him whether or not he uh, had caught it in practice or whatever. He was talking about it. And he's like, oh, somebody asked him, how come he didn't shake Nick Foles' hands, his hand after the game? After the Super Bowl. And Brady says something like, uh, well, I've shook his hand plenty of times. He said, I'm a sport. He goes, I'm a good sport most of the time. Because <laughs> he just, he's such a competitor. You know, throwing the tablet, the whole thing. And, you know, he talked about that play where he dropped the ball. And, he's, and you know, he, he has that, he has that, that, that face where he can't take, you know, failure. And I, and I respect that. That's why that's why he's the goat. But I don't know, man. Guys, I when you look at where what he's got, I think getting past the Eagles is going to be tough. And then if they have to go to Green Bay, I think he's got no chance. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I we we talk a lot of quarterbacks on here, but it's one piece to the puzzle here and no no quarterback is an island and it's just Everything that I've I, I, I've been saying it for a few weeks now, but every time I look at what they've got left in the offense, it kind of scares me a bit. I know how easily you can take away Mike Evans, and everyone else is kind of banged up, and you're just hoping that Gronk can kind of give you a vintage Gronk, and the offensive line can hold up, and maybe you can get some passes out to Evans and get the run game involved. But look, I just it it, it feels like it's just there's too much bang, there's too much banged up here, and you're just hoping. For Tampa Bay, just you know, some of that defense to really come come through for you, take the load off, keep it low scoring, and keep Tom Brady. Just allow him to make some plays, but not have to rely on you know everything going right. Yeah, and if you're Tampa Bay, you just kind of have to will your way through it. You still do have you know Mike Evans, you still have Gronk, you're getting Leonard Fournette back. Because I think the on the other side, I I don't know how much success Philadelphia will have, and it, it all depends on what the health and mobility of that Tampa Bay defense in the front seven is. But if they're anywhere close to where they where they were early in the season when they were fully healthy and Bruce Arians is saying, I don't worry about teams running on us because they can't, which was true for the first you know half of the season before the injuries cropped up, I just don't know how confident I am that a one-dimensional Eagles offense 
can consistently move the ball against Tampa Bay and that Tampa Bay on offense can score at least enough points to create some separation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. That's the legitimate concern um, or thought process that when you look at, at, at Tampa's defense, that Tampa was very, very good against the run. Now, I will say this. The Eagles aren't your typical run team. You know, Tennessee with Henry, Cleveland with Chubb. You know, they're not that kind of run team. The Sanders, uh, they, they run really by committee. Sanders is their lead back. He's been hurt a lot. And like you said earlier, coming off the broken hand, they got uh, Jordan Howard, who's a bigger back. And they got uh, Boston Scott, who's another smaller kind of uh, like quick small back, almost in the in the vein of Darren Sproles. So they have those kinds of uh, of that running game, but it's it the reason why it works so well is it's got a great athletic offensive line that the guards can get out and pull both tackles, Mailata and Lane Johnson are road graders, and Kelsey is a terrific Hall of Fame center who can pull. And Hertz, who is just so dangerous with his legs, that that creates some space. And I think they could have some success with some read option and running on the outside. They're tough, Vita Vea, but if you run away from Vita Vea and the middle, and especially with Levante David banged up and questionable for the game, I think they could run on the outside. Yeah, and they can have some success. I guess the question is, can they have sustained success? Or look, if, if their defense holds up and Tampa's going through their issues offensively like we've been discussing, you know, maybe Philadelphia wins a... 17 to 13 type of game the question is can they hold Tampa Bay's offense even with their issues down because they still have one of the great quarterbacks of all time back there yeah I I know can the Eagles defense hold down Tampa's offense enough because I I don't know if I necessarily see a Philadelphia offensive explosion you know what I mean I I agree with that I don't see them scoring 34 points or anything no I I agree with that I, I don't think there's a lot of people who think this game's going to be high scoring. I don't. I don't see that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't see it. I've been saying it all week. People are talking 31 30 and, you know, 34 27 and these scores. I'm like, I don't see it. I, I don't think the Eagles put up that many points. And I don't think Tampa puts up that many. As the, that, I don't think Tampa's in the 30s either with all their weapons down. Obviously, you know, the big thing is going to be Gronk. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's going to rely a lot on Gronk. And you will see. Now, the Eagles' defensive coordinator is a guy named Jonathan Gannon, who inexplicably got a job interview in Denver, which I just – he was one of the worst defensive coordinators I've seen so far. And he doesn't have a lot of uh, personnel on defense, but the way he deploys it, it's that analytical – that Tampa 2 – that you know, let 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 them matriculate down the field. The dink and dunk, uh, yep. But you know what, it, it, Brady and and I've seen all year. Like when they play good quarterbacks, they lost. Right, Herbert. Like the, you can't do that. Well, they're well, they're zero six against teams who are above five hundred this year. Yes, yes. So I'd right. always get bringed up if he if he was Matthew Stafford. That would be he would be beat over <laughs> head with that. Yeah. Well. Stafford's yeah. had, had a few more years under his belt, too, than the right. uh, Sure, Hurts, sure, but. but I'm just saying, like, that always seems to get – because that's such a weird stat, too, because you can play a team that we all think is good at the start of the year, and they can just bomb out, and suddenly you're not beating a team that's over 500. But, yeah, I mean, end of the season, 
doesn't look good on paper, I guess. Well, it's always hard to. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of you know quarterbacks getting saddled with records. It's a team record, not yeah, a quarterback like, record. It's, but. it's quarterback wins. It's just it's an awful, awful way to measure it sometimes. Yeah, but just based just the Eagles team to our to our point, zero and six against teams with winning records this year. They've beaten up on the bad teams they've had. So yeah, I know they. There's no other way around it. They play the NFC East. Yeah. Which I mean, the Cowboys are better this year, but. Yeah, you you get you get what four games between the Giants and the and the Washington, and you can probably catch the Cowboys in there. That's that's that that'll help you out every time. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I hear. What you. is the thought process out there, Anthony, from the the Eagle fan standpoint? Is there are they brimming with confidence that they can win this game? They're just nah, happy I, to I be there. Excited. Yeah, I think everybody's excited kind of enjoying this kind of ride and I think they have a puncher's chance like yeah again if if Gannon plays it right and uses Slay because for some reason he doesn't like to lock Slay down on, on people which is his strength this I is a new trend it. and I don't understand it the Slay's always been that guy he's always had like a side but he never shadows anyone you know the Rams have done that with Jalen Ramsey this year where he doesn't cover the best receiver he just moves all over the place and it's like what, why is he even there what's the point yeah, in having him I don't I don't understand these guys it. are outsmarting themselves I, I feel like I feel like when I look at Philadelphia I look at maybe a team that was kind of on the reload but is getting it's it's getting here to the playoffs probably a year or two early. So I, I can definitely I see that. yeah, I can definitely see why it's like house money. This team's gonna get better moving down mm-hmm. the stretch here. And they've got, you know, the the Colts pick for the draft coming up, but I mean, you're already in the playoffs and you're just having just see what you can do with the roster you got and just keep evaluating. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um and look, I think again, they've they have a puncher's chance in this game if they neutralize Evans, double Gronk, and let Brady beat you with, you know, the Tyler Johnsons and, you know, the backups of the world and see what happens. Which she can do. I mean, Tom Brady, especially now, granted, it was earlier in his career, but he made a living, you know, winning games and playoff games and Super Bowls with a bunch of receivers that nobody had ever heard of. And and if, and I mean, the Eagles are a run-heavy team, and the thing is, is if you can move the ball as a run-heavy team, you can put the other quarterback on ice. You can dominate the time of possession, and that does disrupt, you know, opposing offenses. Especially if you're Tampa and you're already down some of your key contributors. Putting them on ice might might help you in the long run. Suddenly, you're getting Tom Brady coming off, you know, coming off the bench, who's you know maybe some maybe cold. He's not in rhythm on some of these drives, and you can kind of put them on the back foot pretty easy. But yes. you got You got just got to convert those. You got to convert those downs, though, if you're going to run the ball. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I, I I'm with, I'm with you. I agree. A- anyway, we'll see what happens in in that one. But do me a favor, Fig. Do, uh, hit us with some trending, and then I want to go to uh, Cowboys Niners. All right. Well, Friday night in the NBA. Speaking of Dallas, Luka Doncic had a triple double, leading the Mavericks over Memphis, one twelve to eighty five, snapping the Grizzlies' eleven game win streak. Golden State snapped a short two-game skid with a blowout victory over the Bulls. Steph Curry had 19 points. Bulls guard Zach Levine will have an MRI later today after he left the game with a knee injury. The Suns improved to a league-best 32-9 with a victory over Indiana. Devin Booker, 35 points in that one.
Cleveland. Wins for Cleveland, Sacramento, and the 76ers, who have won 8 of 9 after defeating the Celtics. In college hoops, Illinois defeated Michigan 68-53. to Number 7, Purdue, curb stomped Nebraska. News out of the NFL, Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Elaire will not play on Sunday night against Pittsburgh as he continues to deal with an injured shoulder. Najee Harris of the Steelers was a full participant in practice on Friday and is questionable for that game. And tennis star Novak Djokovic will have his appeal hearing in an Australian court today around 5.30 Eastern time. His visa was declined for a second time earlier this week. He is currently still scheduled to open the Australian Open action at midnight Eastern on Monday. Back to the fellas. All right, that's us. We are the fellas hanging out on a Saturday morning playoff edition wild card weekend. Super wild card weekend is upon us. So uh, let's take a look at Dallas tomorrow because we have not looked uh, too heavily. We're kind of going in order of all the games. Cowboys and Niners tomorrow, which is fascinating. The line started at three. It's now crept up to three and a half. We talked earlier about Dak. But in this game, it's to me, it's all on Dak. Uh, you're not going to be able to run against San Francisco. You're going to have to put pressure on them to try to pull them out of their run game. Because what we're going to want to do is they're going to want to run Elijah Mitchell, Debo, have that creativity on offense, and control the football to keep the Cowboy offense off it. Yeah, and the problem is you're not going to take San Francisco out of their run game. That's just their prince. They know that they can't drop back and throw the ball 50 times and beat you, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo's messed up uh, thumb. So they're going to stick to the run game. The only way the Cowboys can take San Francisco out of the run is if they blitz them and go up 28 nothing at the end of the first quarter or something. Because, again, going back to halftime of last week's season finale, they were down 17 nothing at the half against the Rams, I believe it was, or 17-3 possibly, and came out in the second half and continued to run the ball and found their way back into the game to force overtime and win it. So Kyle Shanahan is not going to stop running the football. Uh, uh, Debo Samuel's a problem, as we all know. Um, and the Cowboys secondary is good, but it's the front seven against the run is going to be the question. So that's – I'm not even concerned about the back end and be, them being able to defend the pass. If they can stop the run, they'll win the game. It's 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 really – that's the name of the game, plain and simple for them. Yeah, it is plain and simple. You're right. Now, if you could put pressure – again, if you could score touchdowns, and that's what Dak needs to do, right? Like if you can get those big plays, Cooper, CD. Schultz, get that ball down the field and score touchdowns. Yo, that does, and, I, and I'm with you, and you made the point correctly, Fig, about last week against the Rams and how they opened the second half by running it nine straight times. But, you know, if you put up points and you're scoring touchdowns, that will put a lot of pre- a little stress on that Niner offense. You're right. And so that's where, you know, Dak comes in, and we mentioned the, the banged-up secondary for San Francisco. That's where they at least appear to be the most vulnerable. So if Dak comes out and he's locked in, to your point, they're probably not going to run the ball extremely well. I know they did at the end of the regular season. I think they racked up 170, 180 yards against the Eagles, but the Eagles didn't play anybody, and they weren't playing for anything. So that didn't really matter. The week before, they played Arizona and couldn't run the ball a lick. Right. So they at least have to have a re- – similar to the Bills to a degree, the Cowboys have to have at least some sort of respectable run game. I don't know if I want Dak Prescott to drop back 55 times. He can do it. Sometimes, but then there are other times where he he struggles when you have when you have him do too much. So you you'd much rather have a balanced attack. That he has always thrived most, as most quarterbacks do, 
but uh, and just watching him over his career has thrived most when at the very least the run game is a threat. When you force him to have to drop back and throw all the time, that's when issues creep up for Dak Prescott. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. I think Pollard's going to be a big key in this game. He needs to be, and you know he's probably going to be or should be the bell cow going into next season. I don't know what the salary cap and the and the implications are for Zeke in his contract, but we know he's on his last legs. And Tony Pollard just has an extra burst to him. And because they have too much respect or, or, or locker room politics, whatever you want to call it, T- Tony Pollard should be getting the bulk of the carries now. He should be the guy right now ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. Um, so they, they should. He should be a big part of the game plan, and they should use him because he offers them an, an explosive element from the running back position that they haven't had really for the last couple of years since Zeke has fallen off a little bit. So uh, w- when you look at it, here's why I like the Cowboys. Because I do think the Cowboys are better defensively than they have been. And I think I go back to my man crush in Parsons, who really fortifies this Dallas defense. You got Diggs in the secondary. You got all of a sudden that that Cowboy front seven is pretty sturdy. And I think they can make enough plays to kind of help the offense. And, And that's why I like Dallas tomorrow. Yeah, and they can also – Jimmy G is also good for about a mistake, mistake and a half yeah. per game too. And Dallas has been – I don't know what the stats are, but I just know that they are one of the best teams in the league at forcing turnovers and have been all season long. And Trayvon Diggs, of course, is part of the head of the snake of that, along with Micah Parsons up front forcing, uh, forcing fumbles. So you force a turnover or two. Uh, you score touchdowns, to your point, uh, Cuz, which is really important. That would be the best way for them to take San Francisco out of their run because – like I said, they're going to continue to be physical up front. As good as Diggs is in the secondary, he will get beat a lot, and that's because he's very aggressive in going for turnovers. So you can make some plays against him. And Debo Samuel's the master of you know catching a four you know a four or five yard ball and just turning into a running back and bowling over people. So how they find a way to match up with Debo in the pass game, along with defending the run game, you know that that's going to be the key for for Dallas defensively. Yeah, that's a great point, uh, Chris. What do you? Uh, what's your vibe? Uh, sorry, I was just taking care of some stuff. Uh, so we're on. We're still on Niners and Cowboys here. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I I feel like I'm just. I I've never really bought into. Uh, San Francisco this year, and I'm just. I'm not. That defense the Cowboys have scares the hell out of me. And I think I I know they can run the ball there, but I'm just not I'm not of the uh, train that it's going to be a plan to get over the Cowboys. They've been inconsistent, but I feel like if you're going to want a big game out of Dak Prescott, I was you know we were talking about Kyler Murray, whether or not you believe in Kyler Murray, and I was looking at some stat comparisons between Prescott and Kyler Murray, and they're just really close. So I mean, you get you get some of the, your key contributors back, and you just hope that. Uh, I just I, I don't. I know. hear you. I, yeah, I, I just I, think, I don't know what I don't know what, the, thing, like, what I think the key Figgy is. And I like San Francisco more than you do. Yeah, I uh, just I just don't know what the key is for San Francisco to really make this work uh, long term, other than just run the football, which is a fine plan. Yeah, but, but, I, but yeah, but I disagree, man. I, I got to tell you, like, listen, I get the Jimmy G thing, but he still made some good throws. Like, he still made some timely throws. I'll put it to you there. And when you have that kind of weapon, you can manage the game. Look at his, Debo Samuel is a great player. I mean, sure is. He's a great player, and I love Ayuk and Kittle 
I mean, that's a good offense, Figgy. It's an excellent offense. It's an excellent offense uh, when they when they put it all together. I say the only thing handicapping them to a degree uh, is uh, is Jimmy G and his injury, and even with that. You know, he did make big throws in that victory over the Rams last week, so he can, you know, muster up some and get it done. Um, I guess I just want to see him do it again in the postseason, and if you're the Cowboys, the recipe for you to get a victory is to put the game on the shoulders of Jimmy Garoppolo and have him win it and not have the 49ers run yes. for 140, 150 right, right. yards on the ground. Yep. Yep, I, I, no, I agree with that. I do. I, I It's funny. What, what do you – let's look at real quick. Let's look at – Dallas going for it. If they beat San Francisco, which I think we all believe Dallas will win the game, if they beat San Francisco, what do you think of them going forward? Can they make a Super Bowl run, Fig? They can. Um, I, th- I think matchups will be important and dictate how that shakes itself out. But, yeah, they the NFC doesn't really have a superstar standout team. Even as good as Green Bay has been, and I do have confidence if I had to make a pick coming out of the NFC, it would be them. I've just seen them collapse too many times. Yeah. So they're, the, the NFC for me and is wide open. So I can yeah. quite honestly see the Cowboys. I can see the Niners make a run. I can see the Rams or even the Cardinals. Put something together. Even if Tampa Bay moves on from their matchup, like they're going, they've gone into Green Bay before and beat them. Yeah, and I, I mean that that's that's basically the key is that everything in the NFC has to go through Green Bay. That's a good home field advantage, right? But I think that also sometimes limits Aaron Rodgers too because he yeah. he can't make some of those throws yeah. in that weather either. Like, it's hard for anyone to make those. Tom throws Brady in that threw three interceptions in the second half of the NFC Championship game last year in Green Bay, and they still won. Tampa Bay did. Like Anthony, the only team in the NFC, unfortunately, that I don't see making any sort of run is Philadelphia. I agree with that. They're the one team yeah. in the NFC that that I say probably has has no chance of making a deep run uh, to the playoff uh, to the Super Bowl. I'm kind of losing faith in the Rams making a deep run, but I'm just hoping that Stafford's injury isn't that bad yeah. and he just kind of you know gets gets himself right and get going. Yeah, and, and Chris, maybe I'm falling victim to what they have on paper while saying they're still alive as a contender because they have so many big names and so many contributors and all pros and leading receiver in Cooper Cup, one of the best defensive players, two of the best defensive players in Donald and Ramsey. I've seen what Stafford can do, but then I've seen what he has done the last month. Yeah, So I understand I, what you mean. I, what what I is am, the nature of the seriousness of that injury? I, I don't know because it's not really showing up. I'll, all I know is I've seen well, this before. The toe? You guys are out there, so what's the talk? He didn't it? really go very deep into the d- discussion about the toe. He mm-hmm. said that it's injured, but he's fine. He'll play through it. Mm-hmm. He explicitly said, I'm not going to show my toe to you guys on screen like other quarterbacks do. The the problem is, is I, I've seen Stafford play through these injuries before, be it his hand in 16 or – he had some back injury. The problem is when he starts playing through these injuries, it, it's admirable because you need him out there. But at the same time, it does impact his ability to make some of the throws. And he just kind of just he tries to truck through it. He tries to like just just soldier through it. And it, again, that's admirable. That's great. That's toughness you want in your quarterback. But it does impact his performance, and that's when he starts making some of these mistakes. Yeah, and if that is the case, and I know we got to run here in a minute, but that's it's on Sean McVay too. Because they've, they've been able to run the ball. When they've tried to run, they could do it. Sonny Michelle's been amazing for them the last three, four weeks. But when he gets pass happy and he brought in his, his shiny new toy, and Matt Stafford, and wants to show off his arm, and Matt Stafford has just been really reckless recently. That could be because, because he's trying to make plays or because he's injured, whatever the reason may be. It's evidence that the Rams should probably go back to what they were doing before with Jared Goff 
and stick to the run game and be opportunistic in the pass game and not just try to out, you know, tr- have a big plays and out throw everybody. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Uh, let's take a quick T.O. We'll come back, continue the breakdown, and we'll take a look at the Steelers and the Chiefs tomorrow night where the fellas wild card weekend right here on the place to be Fox Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search FSR to listen live all right welcome back fellas before we get to uh and we're going through all the games Kansas City and Pittsburgh is up on the docket we uh, discussed a lot of Rams and Cardinals, too. But one of the things that's it's fascinating is all the job searches, right? And the musical chairs, like Joe Judge being fired with the Giants, yet another opening. And it's it's amazing where a lot of these teams just appear rudderless. Houston, let, let's go. David Culley, they, they struggle to build something. There's a lot of these franchises now that are just feel like they're aimless, Figgy. Yeah, poor leadership at the very top. You know, it's rare. when you have sustained success in a professional sports league, it's rare that there there's an ownership issue up top. You know, usually it, it trickles down from ownership to the front office, general manager, and to the coaching staff. And really, the Giants, ever since things ended with Coughlin, have been rudderless. So yes. the Houston Texans forever – Pretty much since Gary Kubiak left, have been rudderless. You know, I know they they've made the playoffs and they they took advantage of uh, at times mediocre AFC South division with Bill O'Brien and won a couple of division titles, but they never built anything that was super strong or successful or made you think they were going to be a Super Bowl contender. And now they look just as bad as any as any franchise uh, in the NFL. The David Culley situation is terrible. That the fact that they they hired him knowing that they had nothing to work with, right? You're going to bail them, yeah? I after mean, it one year, makes no sense. When they competed, I know they won four games, but they played hard. They, right? They like beat just, a playoff the, a exactly. playoff cal- caliber team like the Chargers, second to last week of the season. They didn't quit, and you fire the guy. Yeah, I you know I just don't even understand it. I, I, I <laughs> you know I don't know what's going to happen with Watson. Like that situation's been a mess obviously right. all year, and we you know. Yeah. Everybody's kind of waiting to see what happens. But beyond that, I mean, what in the world are we talking about? Like if you gotta you gotta invest in your you know, you gotta stick with a plan. You need a plan. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Hey, look at the Giants. Their biggest I still I still think their biggest issue was Gettleman, the yeah. GM, who was horrible. Like we, we you wanna build around Daniel Jones. All right, well that's questionable, but okay. Well, if you're going to give the kid a chance, you gotta you gotta block for him, right? Right. So you you don't build an offensive line that was horrendous. You go spend all kinds of money, which the Kenny Galladay signing was horrible. The Adoree like, Jackson signing was bad too. Horrible. I, I didn't understand no touchdowns it. this year for Kenny Galladay. None. Right. And then you go draft Kadarius Tony and yeah. not get not, and not draft an O an O lineman. I mean that's that's pathetic. Yeah, it's I mean, sad that one of the marquee franchises in the NFL has been so rudderless the last few years. It's it's astounding. It's a joke. You know who would you want? You know of all the candidates out there, who do you think needs to be needs to land? You know if you're going to pair guys, who needs to be in New York? Who needs to be 
in Houston. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. You know, if I'm in Jacksonville, Leftwich has to be the guy. Makes sense, right? I mean, you got the young quarterback. Mm-hmm. You, you, you got a guy like Leftwich who's really smart. Yep. All right. We'll come back. Big hour ahead. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Welcome back. That's us. Hour number three, eight. It's 9 a.m. in the East, 6 a.m. in the West on a uh, Fox football Saturday. Super wild card weekend is finally here. So your schedule, and we've been going over it all morning. Today, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific, Raiders, Bengals, live from Cincinnati, NBC, the Bengals are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. We've been talking about this a lot and about this game. <clears throat> and uh, I think we, we all agree that, that Cincinnati is li- is the likely winner, likely to move on. And you're curious to see how the Raiders come out. You know, again, these any of these teams have a puncher's chance, but we're talking a lot about that. Uh, tonight on CBS, Bills, Patriots, the rubber match. Belichick, McDermott, Orchard Park, and the Bills Mafia. Bills are four-and-a-half-point favorite. That now is now going up, especially after the news that Mac Jones will not have his blindside tackle. So that's a big deal. <clears throat> then we switch to tomorrow. Eagles and Buccaneers at 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific. Uh, right here, Fox, baby. We got uh, Brady's eight-and-a-half-point favorite. The champs over the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. We, uh, I like the Eagles to keep it close, but we'll d- discuss it more. The big brain Brad Feinberg will join us to go over the uh, weekend from a betting standpoint. So we'll do that as well. But uh, Figgy, you know, I think Figgy, Chris, we all the three of us like the Eagles to keep it close. Probably. Listen, I I get it. Brady's the goat. We'll see. Niners and Cowboys on CBS. At 4.30 tomorrow, 1.30 Pacific, Cowboys a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Niners. And then tomorrow night, Chiefs 12-and-a-half over Pittsburgh. Figgy, do, do you give the Steelers any hope in that game? Oh, Any hope? Sure. They're, they're, they're suiting up and they're going on the field, so yeah. But outside of that, no. Right. I don't. I really don't. Uh, this is uh, this is going to be basically a coronation. So, thank you, Big Ben, for all your contributions. You were a great great player for a long time, uh, but this is not going to be a fun send off for him. 
No, I don't think so either. And I, I listen, I like Kansas City. They're a big favorite. But I like Kansas City to win big and, and bigger than the 12 and a half for I'm, sure. Like, what is even the formula for Pittsburgh winning? Like, T.J. Watt going off, a bunch of sacks. You probably have a defensive score or two. Yeah, Najee Harris has his best game of the season. A, yeah, make you, you know, make you pick six. Yeah, like, there's, know, there's too many things that would need to go right for them in this game to win. I agree. And here's the other problem, I think. Because, yeah, you know, you're going to want to try to play keep away and run Najee. But if you're – Spags and I know Spags really well, and he is a great elite defensive coordinator. And what he's going to do is he knows that Ben can't move, and that Ben's going to try to get rid of the ball quick. He will be in his face. He will pack the box against Najee, and he will be in Ben's face all night long. Yeah, and we've seen him turn the ball over a ton. Absolutely, and Ben has been one of the stronger arms in the in the in NFL history over the years. Is I don't want to say he's a noodle arm. I don't want to disrespect him, but certainly not the same caliber as he was even three, four years ago. So he's turned into Mr. Dink and Dunk. A matter of fact, he had a game. I forget who it was against. He had 25 completions, and he threw for under 150 yards. That's hard to do. So he's throwing. He's making completions at like a four and a half yard per per pass clip. No, you're so right. And it's funny. You know what it dawned on me too. Do you remember the Monday night game against the Browns? And that way it was the, the mm. second to week week seventeen. Yeah. And it that was like it was a Monday night game, and it was the the Ben Love, and it was going to be Ben's last game in Pittsburgh. Right. And everybody thought it was the case, and. You know, and, and you remember how the night went, and, and then there was a turnover, and he got to go back, and he scored a touchdown. He was on the field, got to take the knee, and it was actually a beautiful night, right? It was beautiful. Yeah. But when you look at the stats, you know, he threw for less than 200 yards in that game. Yeah. And they tried they tried to feature him. And that was against a Browns team that was cooked, that was done. They were done for the year, right. I mean... Big Ben just does – it's obvious. We're not saying anything that anyone hasn't recognized. But yeah. he just doesn't have it anymore. And Cleveland was that game, by the way. Uh, and he was 24-46 for 123 yards. Oh, my God. How do you complete 24 passes for 123 yards? That's, that's insane. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's outrageous. And so now he's going up against a Kansas City uh, – I will say, and maybe for a good, a good sign, the Kansas City defense for as dominant as they were, I'd say from, what, October – through the last maybe two weeks of the regular season, that Cincinnati game showed some vulnerabilities a little bit. So if nothing else, a little bit back to the drawing board, woke them up. If they were ever feeling their own oats, kind of humble them a little bit. That I think uh, struggling a little bit on the on defensively at the back end of the season could actually end up helping Kansas City yeah, uh, in this playoff run. I mean, you go back because I watched the tape of that game and – Look, Chase went off. Remember, he and it did. was a couple, and it was a couple breakdowns, mm-hmm. and a couple right? and of really like, great catches too. By the way, yes, he like Burrow yes. just throws into contested, and he just trusts his receivers to make catches. Correct. Yep, you're dead on. You're dead on. And so you know, again, you're, you're going to have that, and you know, and there are two, there are two way threat with Mixon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about t- about today. I'm wondering because we focus so much on Burrow in the passing game. I'm wondering if today's a mixing game because. The Raiders do struggle against the run. Yeah, that, that they have some vulnerability on the ground. And when they've lost games, that's where they've struggled. 
And Joe Mixon has been kind of hit and miss uh, at times this year. One of his better rushing games was against the Raiders. Uh, he's only ran for 100 yards three times this year, and one of those was against the Raiders, and he had 30 carries in that game. So I think the Bengals recognize that too. And obviously, if you're able to run the ball, you take pressure off of the passing game. As amazing as Burrow has been, the Raiders have one of the best pass rushes uh, in the league this season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he got knocked around a little bit already. He didn't throw the ball, yeah. attempt a lot of throws against the Raiders the first time, <clears throat> but he did get hit and get pressured a lot in that game. So I think the Bengals are probably going to try to duplicate uh, the game plan from that game as much as possible and try to keep the pressure off of uh, Joe Burrow if they can. Yeah, I agree. I think you're uh, I think you're spot on with that one. All right, so Monday night, the, the, we're looking forward to it, the ESPN game, the Monday night football, Rams and Cardinals – so uh, you guys are out in L.A., and we talk Stafford all the time, and we talk Rams and McVay, and, you know, they're, they're, the thoughts, are they a heartbreaker te- type of team that will just break your heart, or can they actually legitimately, and we saw them when they went into Lambeau, and they lost, and Stafford threw a pick six, mm-hmm. but they moved the ball. The, yeah. the game wasn't as one-sided as it felt. Yeah, you would say overall they showed themselves well in a hostile environment. Yeah, like I, I don't think it's crazy to think that they can go back into Lambo and win. Yeah, and they're so talented, and we've seen how they can play when they are at their best. You know, we saw what they did against Tampa Bay earlier this season. The second time they played against Arizona was amazing. So they've shown flashes. They just don't have that consistency. And it doesn't all, by the way, fall on on Matthew Stafford. Everybody says that it's just him and all the turnovers in recent weeks. And that's part of it. Their defense, which was the number one in the league and was dominant last season, has has been leaky at times this year and inopportune times as well. Go back to last weekend against San Francisco. I know the offense wasn't on fire, but you were staked a 17-point lead. That defense with all that talent – you know, should be able to hold on to that, even though I know you're going up against a division opponent. So uh, it doesn't all just fall on the head of Matthew Stafford. That that defense has to take responsibility as well, and they've 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 had some cracks uh, this season. Yeah, you wonder like, they're a mystery to be the defense that defense because they have such big names on that defense, right? And I mentioned they have big names, but Jalen Ramsey, they don't even they move him all over the field like yeah. he's some gadget player. If you have a great receiver that you're going up against, now there's. There's not going to be a DeAndre Hopkins this week, but if there was, he wouldn't be shadowing them. They just yeah. they move them all over the place and try to get tricky and weird and freaky about it. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. don't I don't really understand the the strategy behind it. Yeah, I don't get it either. I don't I don't get it. Not with that. That's that's, that's crazy. I, I'm with you. Yeah, you have a dominant man to man corner. Why not put him on the best offensive option on the other team? Yeah, Wade Phillips would not do that. No, absolutely not. So, but yeah, they, I think they, but to, to answer your question, yes, I think they have a legitimate chance to make a deep run in the playoffs, namely because of the, just the offensive talent that they have. And then two, because we've seen what they look like when they are clicking and they look amazing. And Odell feels like he's really fit in nice now that, he, that he he's has. gotten acclimated. Yeah. And he, he's had some big catches. He had the, the game winning catch against Baltimore a few weeks ago. So, I mean, he's. He's shown himself well. I don't know if he's had a breakout humongous game yet, but maybe that's still to come here in the postseason. We'll see. But the, I think if you're a Ram fan, the big thing you can, that you can pray and hope for at this point is just if Matt Stafford just don't turn the ball over. You just not turn the ball over, we'll be all right. Dude, you watch it. You, know, you're, you guys are out there and, and obviously uh, a lot closer than me being on the East Coast. But Cooper Cup, 
And I, you know, I, I, try, I watch a lot of the Cooper Cup. Is it's just incredible. I mean, the year that he had, it's it's unbelievable. The, the only other receiver year that I remember was Moss, like this dominant. Like he was so ridiculously dominant, and no one won the ball. Like everybody knows the ball's going to him, and he and he makes every catch. And what makes it more remarkable, he's not, unlike Moss, he's not some athletic freak or something running right. by people, you know. I mean, he, he's he's very he's very crafty and finds ways to get open, and he's not a bad athlete, but... Right, no, it's not like he's, yeah, he's, you know, he's not some, some Cole Beasley type. Yeah, he's not some slow little guy in the slot. He, right. He's an actual player who's really good, yeah. but he just doesn't necessarily wow you, but he's just really consistent, and he has consistent, consistent it, that's not his way, is a word, but... Been consistent on a week-in, week-out basis to a point where he's making history. The fourth player to win the Triple Crown in receiving. Yeah. It's amazing. It Calvin really Johnson, uh, as Chris will remember, had a phenomenal season some years ago, too, but a few people remember it because – was that the year uh, they I mean, won Megatron one game? Was Megatron, oh, well, they went over? Yeah, I mean, Megatron was ridiculous. But, you know, it's funny just to, the, the look at the cup and – Wow, he's you know what he's a good race, such a precise route runner, man. Right. He he's man, he's he knows how to he knows how to do it. He's it one really of the best. Is. He doesn't drop passes. Has some of the best yeah. hands in the league. So he, the thing is, he he works it really hard at doing all of the little things well to compensate for the fact that maybe he's not a you know six seven or six six hulking receiver type athlete like a Calvin Johnson. You know. Yeah. Now, if I'm Arizona. You know, again, it's it's clear. You got to go back after Stafford, and you got to you got to force him. I would I would look at that Tennessee tape all day. Remember that Monday night? Oh, vividly. V- Vrabel came up with a defensive scheme that was amazing. They they again, we talk about a gap pressure and pressure up the middle. You know, that's Stafford. Stafford's bothered by that. Vrabel won on the inside. In that game, and completely befuddled the. He took out that Rams offense. It was amazing. Yeah, and you know where the Rams have lost games this year, and when they've struggled is when they've lost in the trenches. Specifically, their offensive line getting manhandled by the defensive fronts. That happened twice. San Francisco did it both times they played them this year. Tennessee yeah. was a phenomenal example that you just gave. Tennessee beat them up uh, on the front line. Arizona, the first time Arizona defeated them, beat them up on the front line, and the Rams were able to rectify that the second time they played. So quite, even more so than Stafford, because a lot of times I think he gets rushed and he gets panicked a little bit, and it kind of forces him to throw turnovers. He had a yeah. the Baltimore forced a fumble and, and scooped it up and scored a few weeks ago because the ball was stripped uh, stripped out of his hand because the left yep. tackle, uh, Andrew Whitworth, got beat. So more than anything else, even more so than Stafford, is finding consistency uh, from the offensive line and being able to hold up against those pressures and giving Matthew Stafford time. And again, opening up holes in the running game. Sony Michelle has been excellent when they've actually consistently tried to run the ball. If they stick to that principle and try to run the ball, it takes less pressure, or more pressure off of Stafford, more pressure off of the offensive line to protect Stafford. So I think monitoring Sean McVay and seeing if he doesn't want to get pass happy in this game uh, will be something uh, important to monitor too. And how yeah, he calls I, the game. I think, I think that's right. That's spot on. All right, Fig, great job, brother. Listen, thank you. Thank awesome you. work. Always and, fun. Dude, go Raiders, man. You're going to be uh, watching your squad, so enjoy it. You go silver and black. We'll see what we can do. There he is, the Fig. All right, we're going to come back, 
And uh, we got the big brain, Brad, who is our betting analyst, will join us coming up to suss out your super wild card weekend from a betting standpoint. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fellas, welcome back. I'm Anthony Gargano. We're the fellas right here every Saturday. And uh, this Super Bowl, this Super Wild Card Weekend, been loving it. Just breaking down everything. Now joining us, let's do it from a betting standpoint. Give you some props. Try to give you, suss out some game scripts and some picks. And joining us to do that, the big brain, Brad Feinberg, joins us, our betting analyst. Brad, good morning. How are you, my good friend? My man, happy wild card weekend. Uh, you too, brother. You too. Hey, this is fun, isn't it? Like we just we go nuts over this stuff. It's my again this week, next weekend are probably my two favorite weeks of the year. I mean, I love well this 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 whole stretch of the pro football playoffs coming up. You know, Super Bowl not quite as much, believe it or not, because it's only one game. But I love all like the build up, the conference championship games, the wild card games, the divisional playoff games. These are the things I love, and I love this year, Anthony. I know we, we talked, we touched on it briefly when we spoke. Uh, I love the the new wild card. I'm sorry, the new the new Monday night game. How they have a separate you know, standalone game on Monday night. I think that's really going to be awesome, and I can't wait to see that as well. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, all right, let's start it, man. Let's go through it. Let's start with yes, today: sir. Bengals and Raiders. And let's look at the potential game script. We know that uh, the Raiders are really good up front in that they can get to the quarterback, right? We know that the Bengals, who have such a potent offense, if there's one limitation, it's that old line, right? So the, that'll be an interesting matchup to watch. Last time, Mixon had a big game, and uh, the Bengals were able to win it. And I, I kind of think the same thing happens I like Cincinnati. Curious where you're at. Yeah, Anthony, it's interesting. The game itself, I'm going to pass on, but I'm going to take the total. I like under 48.5 points, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, you know, Look at this Raiders offense, okay? Last 10 games since they lost Henry Ruggs, okay? They're only averaging about 19 points a game. Yeah. And this total's applying there to get around 21.5 or so against what I consider to be at least a league average defense in Cincinnati, okay? And let's look at the other side. The Raiders, what do they, one thing that we know they do do well, right? We know they can rush the passer, especially Max, you know, Max Crosby saw what he, well, he was incredible last week against the Chargers. Um, that's the one thing that they do have the ability to do, and I, get, I don't think this is an elite offensive line at all for for the Bengals as, you know, this this pass rush to me uh, is something that can give them trouble. Uh, the Bengals only got, the first time these two teams played, the Bengals only got 4.1 yards per play, which is awful. Uh, we're looking at potential really high, you know, bad weather, like 20-degree temperatures, it'll be very, very cold. Derek Carr in his career has only thrown for about six yards per attempt in seven career games with the temperatures 40 or below. So I think there's a lot of reasons to like an under here. Um, you asked me the game itself. I had a lean when it was Oakland getting six and a half. Now the line's down to five. You know, I, I just really prefer the under here. I think that's the way to Makes go. Sense. I think the Bengals Makes win sense. the game. I think the Bengals win the game, but I, I'm going under. 
All right. All right. I I, uh, I like Bang. I like Cincinnati, but I agree with you. And I, you know, I got a soft spot for the Raiders. So I've always kind of looked. They've had a great year. Uh, I mean, well, I should say they've had. They've overcome a lot of stuff to have yeah. a playoff year. And they really have. It's been a lot. So, you know, I'll tell you one thing. The one guy I would look at, I would deploy. I was saying this earlier, but I would look at Deshaun. I would give Deshaun Jackson a chance to give him an, a, a, on the outside. Remember, he had a big game against Dallas on Thanksgiving. I would come back to Deshaun and give him a shot. I like that. I like that. By the way, I did. I actually think that makes sense. Deshaun, it's funny, he still has like those things where he can make those big plays for sure, and he's a, he could still be a difference maker. I took Zay Jones, Anthony, under four and a half catches. Now, he's gone over four and a half catches five straight games. Yeah. So why did I take the under? Well, here's why. Um, he had last week was the first time um, Darren Waller came back, and he only had three catches through regulation. He got two in the overtime. And watching that game, he was not nearly as involved because you have Darren Waller, who's their number one target, came back. I think it's going to hurt Zay Jones. So I took Zay Jones under four and a half catches. And Cincinnati does leak yards to the tight end. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to tonight. Bills, yeah. Patriots. What a game this is. At Orchard Park, it is the rubber match. Now, key injury for New England that Mac Jones will be without his blindside tackle, who will miss the game. Buffalo, I, I love Buffalo in the game. I still think they have too much for them. It's it, the Allen. It's to me. It's that offense. It will be the difference. Like and even in the win game, Bills should have won that game. So I don't know where you're at. I know it's Belichick. And he gets a lot of love from the betters, but I would go Buffalo. Yeah, Andy, we are absolutely seeing this the same way. Look, it's interesting, Anthony. One thing professional betters like to look at is their favorite things when our handicapping games, me included. I like to look at yards for play and yards play differential. Best yards play differential this year in pro football, Buffalo Bills, only allowing. 4.6 yards per play, number one in pro football, getting 5.7, plus 1.1 yards per play. Um, this is a team, I mean, they're, they're my pick, Anthony. I think they're the most likely team to go to the Super Bowl. That's just my opinion. I have them powered as the best team in the AFC. I think New England, because of the amazing coach of Belichick, is actually overrated. I don't like the way this team's played down the stretch. I don't really trust Mac Jones. I did bet Mac Jones. Under 212 and a half yards. I bet John New Smith under one and a half catches. Uh, I bet Josh Allen over one and a half touchdowns. Interesting. Josh Allen over one and a half touchdowns. Anthony 28 and 8 his last 36 games. The juice on it was minus 110. I think that was criminally low. He still is that entire team's offense, in my opinion. He's the modern day John Elway to me. I like Buffalo here. I don't think New England is really all that much. Uh, I think the Bills really agree with you. Should have won that win bowl game in the first place. I think Buffalo takes care of business. Yeah, I, I you see the same thing. What kind of uh, what kind of game script are you looking at? You're looking for Belichick well, again to try to run it, run it, run it. Again, I think Belichick is going to try to see if he can. Buffalo has shown more of a weakness against the run than the pass, but, and I'm sure he'll try to see if he can do that. But again, Belichick, what I know about Belichick is he's going to do what he has to do. He certainly is 
you know, probably the greatest coach of all yep. time. We'd like to see what the weather is tonight. See what the, the I don't think it's supposed to be that windy. So uh, no, I think cold. we're not like, going to see. It's cold. Not a lot of wind, though. I agree. Right. I don't think we're going to see what we saw last year, last week. Not last week, but the first time they played when yeah. he, he ran the ball 32 straight times. Don't think we're going to see that. Uh, but again, I, I really, I think Buffalo, again, I, I just like this team, and, and I don't think this New England team, um, I don't think they have the, the, the offensive firepower to keep up with someone like a Josh Allen. Um, and, again, I, I do not have New England power rated as highly as some of the other fellow pros I work with. I just don't think this team's quite as good. Um, and I don't think Mac Jones, while I do think he's had a really nice rookie season, um, just don't have him quite highly as rated either. So this is just a spot where uh, my numbers made this game Buffalo by six. Uh, you can still light forward certain places, so only way I'm looking here is the Buffalo Bills. Yep. Uh, Brad, hang in one sec, because we got to go to the Lord of Trendings, the one, the only, I know. I know. Good morning, Anthony, and we begin with uh, some sad news today from uh, the world of college basketball. Former Kentucky head coach Joe B. Hall has passed away at the age of 93. Mm. Hall coached Kentucky from 1972 to 1985. He coached the Wildcats to the national championship in 1978. And in fact, Anthony, let's listen to the final seconds of their national championship victory in 1978 over Duke. This is the legendary Kentucky announcer, K. With Ledford at the microphone. And by the way, take note, listen closely for the 70s era disco music you're going to hear in a minute in the background. It is over. Kentucky wins it. 94 88. So after 20 years, the Kentucky Wildcats win the NCAA championship. 94 88 over the Duke Blue Devils. And James Lee with his patented dunk shot that's electrified the crowd all season long, electrifies them here on the last second with a cram at the wire. 94 88. All Kentucky winning it. It's been a long, long wait. Congratulations to these seniors, to these Wildcats, to Coach Joe Hall. I think we ought uh, to have. Awesome. I think we'd have that disco music make a comeback in broadcast today, just randomly popping up. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> it just disco Dude, music. Do what I know. Make it happen. That's a, a great idea. We gotta we gotta talk to Brent and Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, use it in their game today. <laughs> Jackpot, baby! In the NBA on Friday night, the Dallas Mavericks broke the Memphis Grizzlies' 11-game winning streak with a 27-point victory, 112 to 85. There have been 80 triple doubles in Dallas Mavericks franchise history. Luka Doncic has 40 of them. The latest last night. Golden State winning at Chicago by 42, 138 to 96. The Warriors now 31 and 11. The 27 and 13. Devin Booker, 35 points and six three pointers as the Suns improved to 32 and 9 with a 112 to 94 victory over the Indiana Pacers. Finally, in the NBA on Friday night. Yeah, oh, my geez. man. Do this again every week with this stuff now. <sighs> yes, thank right. you, my friend. Yes, they did it. 111.99. <laughs> Over the Boston Celtics, Joel Embiid, 25 points, 13 rebounds, <laughs> six assists. And for people out there wondering why I insist on playing this every single week when the Sixers win a game on Friday night, 
I, I forgot to once, and my brother-in-law in New Jersey went missing. So that's <laughs> Stand up and cheer, Anthony. Back to you. You're the best. You're the best. There he is. I low with the trend. Let's get back to the big brain and uh, go through the car. Continue tomorrow. The early game on Fox, Eagles, Buccaneers. All right, Brad, suss this one out. I'm on the Eagles. I think they got a puncher's chance, and I like them with the number. Well, that's what I got to say. I love that. I was in attendance last night. That is my favorite, favorite song. Play it 24 <laughs> 7 on your show. I love it. Did you see what that weasel Dennis Schroeder did to Matisse 5 Anthony? No. Did you see him push him? Oh, it was horrible. Actually, so actually, I, I was oh, no joke. Oh, 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 a cheap shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was concerned he was going to almost, I hate to say, like, could have yeah. a very, very, very serious injury. But anyway, um, yes, this Philadelphia game, Anthony, interesting. Um, I'm going to say something here that's maybe going to sound a little counterintuitive for the listener out there, but I want to explain what I did. Well, here's how I bet this game. First of all, Monitor the weather in this game. There's potentially going to be um, very high winds, uh, a lot of rain potentially. Uh, I would keep monitoring this. And the total in this game, Anthony, has really, really dropped because of the weather. Uh, it was this total, Anthony, opened at 50 and a half. It's down to 46. Okay, because wow. the weather can turn down four and a half points. Um, yeah. So I would monitor that. Um, I bet Tampa Bay in a teaser. I like Tampa Bay in a teaser going from minus eight right now to minus two. Um, I think that's the best way to attack this game. Now, some people don't like to do teasers. I understand that. Now, even though I like Tampa Bay in a teaser because I think they're the most likely winner in this game with the eight point spread. The way I would look actually would be the Philadelphia side in that Philadelphia actually has, Anthony, as you know, as being a Philly guy, has actually played relatively pretty well after a, a very slow start. And to me, this Tampa Bay team, it's more so, to be honest, this Tampa Bay team don't know how much I trust their health. Um, they have a bunch of guys who may be coming back this week, but Shaq Barrett, JPP, um, Levante David are still somewhat injured, and they may, I don't know the effectiveness we're going to see from them. Leonard Fournette still may not play. Antonio Brown's not going to play. Chris Goblin's not going to play. Um, I don't think this is the same Super Bowl team that we saw against the Chiefs last year in in, in, uh, in Tampa Bay. While Tom Brady's at his peak powers and is playing incredible, no question about it, um, the weather factors, Anthony, and the fact that I just think this Tampa Bay team is a little banged up, uh, I lean to the Philadelphia side with the eight-point spread. Yeah, I'm with you. I see the same thing. I think they got a shot, uh, and I, I, think, I think with the weather and the fact that they can run the ball – yeah, I'm with you. And the fact that we talked about all the injuries on offense as well as you brought up defense. So, yep, we're on the Eagles plus the and points. There was one prop, Anthony, even though I said all this stuff about the weather. Um, I do like Devonta Smith over 42.5 yards. Reason being, first of all, I think we'll go over anyway. Okay, But if game flow could walk in our favor as an eight-point underdog if they're trailing this game, maybe we get a few more passing attempts than the normal Philadelphia game. I like Devonta Smith against a very average at best Tampa Bay pass defense over 42.5 yards. He averages 55 for the year. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I think that's a good, that's a good prop. Cowboys, Niners, a lot of this is going to be a really interesting game. I, I more and more I, I suss this game out. 
And I respect San Fran. I love Debo, and they're going to run the ball. But I like the Cowboy defense. I I think Parsons makes a difference in their front seven. I think they can stop the run or control the run. And I just think they're going to be able to throw the ball. I think it's going to have a big Dak game, and I like the Cowboys in the game. Yeah, see, listen, we've agreed on all these games. It's funny. Yeah, listen, uh, same. I have the same thought process. For me, the reason I like when I one thing I when I you know I speak to to all pros I do this with, and it and it, it sometimes I want to like argue with them is they always say so and so won because because they're plus three in turnovers. Is it being plus three in turnovers is a bad thing? And they they tend to treat turnovers as just pure luck. A lot of times with the professional sports players, they just see all turnovers as flukes and that that's just something you can't count on in the game. Well, I understand certain turnovers are luck. If a ball's fumbled, who recovers the fumble is luck. That has been proven. But when you have playmakers like Micah Parsons, who in my opinion, since Derek Thomas, I don't remember a playmaker coming into the NFL like this guy, okay? He makes plays. He does these strip sacks. There's a reason they're getting turnovers, because they have guys like Trayvon Diggs in the secondary, while he gives up big plays, also makes big plays. This is a team with Randy Gregory, who also makes big plays. They have a lot of playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. This is a team, if they can get consistent play from Dak Prescott, to me, I never thought I'd say this, if they can get consistent play from the offensive side, I like Dallas' defense as much as any defense in all of pro football because of their ability to get turnovers. Uh, in this game, Anthony, I did bet Eli Mitchell under 82.5 yards. I think it's down to 79.5. Still like that under. I bet Debo Samuel over 59.5 yards. I think it's up to 61.5. Still like it at that. Debo Samuel's averaging 88 yards a game. Why is that number 61.5? I have no idea. Give me Debo's over, but I do like Dallas to win this game. Yeah, without a doubt, brother. Without a doubt. All right, the Sunday night game, which I think is a complete mismatch with Kansas City and Pittsburgh. Uh, I, again, I I don't know how Pittsburgh is not going to a turn the ball over and b keep up with the Chiefs. I mean, we yeah, see Ben melt under pressure, and I know Spags; he's going to bring it. This is Anthony the game where we're finally going to disagree on the game, and I. And this is not me liking Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's that team you have to hold your nose on. No one's going to want to take Pittsburgh, right? No one, right? Even Mike Tomlin's not going to want to take Pittsburgh, right? It's so hard to take this Pittsburgh team, especially the way they look. But that is why, again, I think we're getting value. Look, my numbers made this game only eleven. Okay, and you could still get some rogue thirteen out there. Uh, and to me, the only way I can look is the Pittsburgh Steelers because because of the, you were getting a, a premium because no one wants to take this team, so they have to raise this number a point and a half, two points in my opinion, because no one wants to take the ugly duckling Pittsburgh Steelers, which I get. Anything to me comes down to this though. I don't think this Kansas City team all year. The offense, kind of like we talked about Dallas' offense disappointing. I think Kansas City's offense is disappointed all year. The defense did turn it around with Spags. You called that. That was a great call by you. You called that seven, eight weeks ago, and they turned it around as soon as you said they would. But the offense, to me, hasn't turned it around. They've been okay, 
but they have not been the same dynamic, outstanding offense we saw the last three years with Mahomes when they got to the Super Bowl twice and they lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game in that overtime game three years ago. This has been a very pedestrian. Travis Kelsey has not been the same player he was last year, that's for sure. Tyreek Hill, we saw him banged up with a heel injury. They say he's a multiple-week injury. He's going to attempt to play through it. I just don't love this offensive team from Kansas City. I think people think it's the same Chiefs team we've seen the past three years. I don't think that. So because of that, the only way I'm going to lean here, I'm holding my nose, is the underdog Steelers, I, even though I know that they are absolutely just a wretched team. Wow. Steelers. That's amazing. All right. Makes sense. I hear you. All right. Let's do this. Let's go to Monday night. Rams, Cardinals, and this division matchup, the third uh, matchup between these two teams. Where are you at with Rams and Cardinals? Well, it's interesting. I got this stat from a fellow pro better of mine, which was a pretty good one. Basically, in the wild card round, when you take a and this has been for the last 30 years, it was the record was like 30 and seven. So this was pretty good trend. When you take the team that has the better uh, strength of schedule and the difference in the strength of schedule is plus 10 one way or the other, you take the team that's the harder strength of schedule. And this, this is the game that had that thing. And the, the Cardinals strength of schedule was like 11th hardest and the Rams were like 22nd. So the play here, according to this theory is the Cardinals, the problem I have with this game, Anthony, to me, these are two teams. I am absolutely not looking to back either one of these teams. Uh, the Cardinals down the stretch have been just absolutely awful. They've lost four of their five games. The one game they won, they won a close field goal game against Dallas. And the Rams, Stafford, I don't know what it is, what's off with him, but he's just been off the whole second half of the season. Their offensive line issues have been, to my, in my opinion, real. Um only way if I get a gun to my head, if I had to play this game, I would have the slightest of leans, even though I'm going against that trend, to the Rams side because I just trust their offense more than I trust. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Without DeAndre Hopkins, I cannot get myself to the, – the Cardinals differentiate. Even though Hopkins has not had a good year, Anthony, their offensive numbers as a team have been – way worse with him off the field. So that's the reason I'm going to lean here to the Rams. I did bet Cooper Cup. Um, he's right now as a runner's 103 and a half. He's going over that 11 to 17 games, averaging 116 yards a game. Perfect. The lowest right, he's brother, gone in the last 12 is 95. So give me over All Cooper right. Cup. All right, brother. Listen, we're up against it. Enjoy the weekend. Great stuff as always. Big brain. Thanks, brother. We'll talk to you next week. We're the fellas on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, welcome back. Fellas, fun morning talking about it. Something about this uh, the playoffs, man, that gets us all geeked up. And this is a great format, man. Doing the five, doing these six games with the Monday night, you know, two today and three tomorrow, and then the Monday night, and you know, we, we this is what we live for. We love this stuff. Football. I know, Chris. Football, Chris, football, you, football. I mean, we started the show doing this football, 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 football. What are you doing? What's your What's your day like? Uh, well, I'm getting off here, and just I'm going to try to get my nap in early because you know I've been working all night here on the West Coast, so. 
These games are going to start around like what one thirty our time. So by the time I get you know grab grab like a few hours nap because I'm going to have to come back here tonight, and uh, I'll probably be sitting around. Um, one of one of the other hosts here, Jonas, uh, very generous Christmas gift. He got me some Chicago deep dish pizzas uh, for for Christmas. I've still got wow. them in the freezer. Jo- yeah, Jonas got you. Jonas. Yeah, the he man. got he got a bunch of people on the production staff uh, who worked dude, with a, him. He's a strong dude, Jonas. Yeah. I love Jonas. So I've got I've got two Lou Malnati's pizzas in the <gasps> in the freezer. You got the Lou Malnati. Yeah, deep I'm gonna dish? I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna I think oh. I'm gonna fire up the uh, sausage one today and just Do enjoy it. that with the pizza. That's a football. tremendous yeah. item right there. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Tremendous. That's a great day. The only thing I would wonder is, you still got tomorrow three tomorrow. Mm. You know, you got. Well, I'm not going to eat the whole pizza in one go, so I'll definitely have some of that for tomorrow too. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I bet it's an all all day. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you could spread it out all day long. That's a that's a strong move, the Lou Malnati's. Yeah. Well, I think I think I might skip the Steelers Chiefs one. We are going to record a. A Lions podcast on Sunday, so I'll have the okay. Steelers Chiefs one in the background, but I don't think I'm ever going to go sound up on that one unless the Steelers really surprise me. Yeah, I hear you. But I want I, I want to clear I, the plate so I can give attention to that Monday one because you know, plenty of people in Detroit. We still want to see what Stafford can do. We want to see how he's going to do. You run. root for him? Uh, a little bit, but if he loses, it also means a better draft pick for Detroit. So win win. Yeah, yeah, because because I I agree with that. I, I'd like to see him. Like it, I'd like Wentz to see him different. Buck, I'd like to see him see, buck like, the narrative. He, yeah, yeah. Like Stafford to Detroit is different than Wentz to Philadelphia. When Wentz fails, you know he wanted out, and so it was. It's a little bit more palatable when he fails. <laughs> so that's that. Anyway, <laughs> everybody, listen. Enjoy all the games. Have fun. Enjoy. We love you. Thanks for hanging. We'll see you next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.